Welcome everybody once again to The Brink. Yes, you are tuned in to the most Brinkaliciously awesome podcast in the entire world. Episode 26 of the rebooted, reformatted show. It's technically the halfway point of the year if we're doing this weekly, but of course there have been a few occasions where we've missed a few weeks and I think we've even done a few of these uh, two or three times in one week anyway, so... Hasn't really been a whole half year, but just thought I would mention that anyway. We've got a massive, massive, massive show for you today. Probably our longest one yet, as uh, I'm in the process of about to leave the country for seven weeks. So we've got a bit to catch up on, I guess, before we leave. Kind of uh, catch up with some of our correspondents and the possibility that we won't be able to talk to them while I'm on the road. So we thought we'd bring you a bunch of them today and uh, also a whole variety of other things. As always, we start off generally by sort of mentioning our listenership from around the world. Hello to all of Australians, our Americans, and of course, our Italians. Uh, now, I am I am so intrigued with this because um, I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is about Italy and shows that I'm involved in. High noon, of course, 12 to 2 p.m. on Fridays on Edge Radio 99.3 FM, except for the next seven weeks because I won't be in studio. Uh, we were t- number 25 on the Italian's iTunes chart, Italian iTunes chart, uh, which not just the, the, the comedy charts, it was the entire iTunes of Italy. So that happened. And apparently now, uh, there seems to be a bunch of Italians listening to our, uh, Brink podcast. So, um, Buenos Aires. I, I, I still don't even speak Italian. I'm going to butcher your language. Uh, particularly to the, the town. I'm going to mention this here. Piev Vergonte. Now, I've just, uh, gone up Wikipedia here. A, uh, commune in the province of Verbano Cosola, uh, in the Italian region of Piedmont which is about 110 kilometres northeast of Turin. Now, this is a place that only has a population of about 2,680, and apparently uh, that makes up a significant uh, portion of our listenership base. So, um, I, 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 I think it's grazie, grazie, is that thank you in Italian? Let's, let's listen, you can hear me Googling this in the background. You really think I would actually uh, prepare this. Yeah, grazie, grazie to all of our Italian listeners. Um I don't know why you keep tuning into my shows, but I appreciate it very much. And I hope that you continue to tune into our shows and you at least uh, like this episode that we're going to bring you today. Welcome back to The Brink. And it's that time of the episode where you hear sheep in the background and know we're speaking to a New Zealander. It's Nick Chester. Nick, welcome back. We're uh, John Oliver's favourite country. (laughs) This is... This is amazing. This is seriously amazing. I think we've briefly touched on John Oliver before. Let's just both admit that this guy is just incredible. Uh, I've sort of only really, you know, I've, I've known who he is over the years and kind of seen bits and pieces here, but I've only really started watching his stuff this year and I've gone back and like rewatched all his previous seasons and I'm just hooked on this guy. I love this man. Um, but yeah, what we're, I guess, mentioning here, uh, you know, I guess at the time of releasing this, this is a week old news, but hey, by the time you're listening to this, you might have seen the new episode. There could be more on New Zealand, but last week, there was more New Zealand goodness. Uh, they've been talking a lot about the case we've mentioned too, the uh, whole Eminem suit uh, against your government. And uh, now it's, it's appeared that your lovely spaghetti-eating Prime Minister, Bull English, uh, basically came out and claimed John Oliver wasn't funny and basically just left himself open for a good, what, five minutes of John Oliver ripping him a new one. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think I've said before on this that... You know, our prime minister is one of the world's most boring men, and I'm not I'm not saying that as as a kind of political slant because I think his um, the leader of the opposition is just as boring. We have two boring white men 
um, battling it out in our election later this year, and um, it's a complete snooze fest. Um, but I, I think it's never a good idea to kind of go after a comedian and tell them they're not funny. I mean, you're just asking for trouble, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's and it's just it's hilarious that like as you kind of said, it, it almost is like New Zealand is his favourite country because I mean look outside of your obvious ones like Russia I guess and I guess maybe Britain with Brexit I feel he doesn't talk about other countries as much as he's talked about you guys over the years I mean look I think we mentioned Australia I think we've only had one segment have we not and that was on Johnny yeah. Depp and the dogs so it's yeah, kind yeah. of you guys are you've got segments on your flag the the dildo guy uh, Eminem I mean he does a fantastic New Zealand accent too does John Oliver uh, I mean yeah, is, he, is yeah. he popular in New Zealand well, I don't know, really. I think um, I think people find it pretty funny. I mean, we we generally don't take our politicians very seriously over here. So anytime somebody's um, you know taking the piss out of them, we we kind of jump on board and we laugh at ourselves a little bit. But um, I think we we can be a little bit precious sometimes too. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure John Oliver's hoping that some of us will get pissed off, but I haven't really noticed it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping it will happen because I think it's funny. D- does it air there, or is it kind of like one of these cable shows that you've got to have a certain package to watch it? That's that's actually a really good question. I'm not sure where it is. It probably airs on our um, our pay TV, I imagine, at some point. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know the exact answer to that. Well, that's even here, I believe. Like, I think it's on one of our... Like, I, I have the, the whole cable thing, but... I don't have the, the comedy channel or whatever, but I, I don't know if it airs there. Because when I kind of went back to watch the old episodes, I had to, one of the seasons I had to get off iTunes, another I had to pay for it on YouTube, and I didn't even realise that was a thing until I discovered it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting to kind of go back there. I don't even know where it is here. I, I love it. Like, obviously, when he introduces a country, uh, you know, he generally, you know, has some little funny joke. But this week's what, wasn't it? Uh, New Zealand, or as he prefers to call it, Wallaby Fuck Island. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> not that many wallabies here i mean there is wallabies but um i think he's a little bit confused that you know we definitely it's not a, a wallaby rich country i wouldn't say <laughs> no, but this is the thing i mentioned to you that uh, we've obviously talked to uh, several weeks back about the whole spaghetti on the pizza debacle uh and this to me was a ripe taking for john oliver and it's you know he did bring it up this time around with a much uh, you know beautiful effect when he then kind of had that little segment about other pizzas that john oliver might have and there was what like a yeah. one made by a dog with like condoms on it or something like that and one with uh, a literal piece of paper printed out with the wikipedia entry for pizza um, so are these going to take off in new zealand now do you think yeah, well, we might have to put them because um, we've got a, a pizza company called Hell's Pizza and they did a um, an Australian pizza with kangaroo on it um, <laughs> a couple of years ago. So maybe I'll, you could raise it with them. They'd probably take that up. Well, and also the fact when he, he introduces Bill English, and this is actually a very interesting point, when he said the very poorest man's Daniel Craig and the picture actually of him, like as soon as you see it, you're like, yeah, that's kind of a very... Poor man's Daniel Craig. This has that ever been labelled before? A reference that your prime minister sort of, I guess, Daniel Craig's dad. You could probably say, um, maybe it's not something I've ever noticed. I've got to say, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess anything's possible, right? And and also the video that uh, he showed about his uh, exercise regime. I mean, look, you're not wrong. He's boring. Uh, is this like I don't know if you follow him on Facebook, but is this all he posts? Like, oh, this is me going for a walk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he is boring. There's no, there's no way to to kind of sugarcoat that. He is boring, and I mean, sometimes you know, you need a you need a boring prime minister who doesn't do stupid shit. I mean, I think I'd rather have a boring prime minister than than Donald Trump personally. Um, you know, like you never know what's going to happen next. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, he, there's no getting around the fact that, yeah, he's a pretty boring dude. I, I do like his, his line there when he was talking about the pizza, John Oldler, and he says, I think I speak on behalf of all humanity when I say no. Hard no there, Bill. I do not agree with canned spaghetti on a pizza because that is not a thing anyone should be doing. A divorced dad cooking for his kids on the weekend would not put canned spaghetti on a pizza. <laughs> so, oh, this is gold. I, I, I wonder, like... I want to see if Bill English is going to come out and say anything else. Uh, you know, I, I want this to be an ongoing thing. I think just John Oliver should just have the weekly New Zealand segment like we're doing here on the brink. Yeah, I think that would be good. I, I would be all for it. I mean, I'm I'm a, a loyal watcher anyway, but I would certainly uh, be watching even more quickly than I would be um, otherwise. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Now, we each week, of course, so this is the last time we're going to probably be able to do this for a while too, Nick, because uh, with me being away, we're not sure if we're going to be able to fit these in uh, whilst I'm on the road. But uh, we've been doing our little game where we're doing uh, movie taglines. Last week you gave me some TV ones. Uh, so what have you got for me this week? Anything out of the blue or are we going back to the movies? Um, well, we are going back to movies, but we're going specifically for James Bond movies because ah. some of the taglines for these ones just cracked me up. So I thought I'd give you like one from each Bond and you've just got to match up the James Bond. Um, you can go for the movie if you want, but or you could just match up the, the actual James Bond that you think is, is they're, they're talking about in this tagline. All right, and I feel, I feel like just like James Bond, I'm going to be dangerous here. I don't want any clues. I don't want any lifelines. Just give me my three guesses and, um, you know... We'll roll that. Actually, no, not three. I think maybe just give me one incorrect guess because, I mean, three, that's 50% of the James Bonds, so I've got a 50-50 shot. So um, <laughs> well, I'll live dangerously. Give me one incorrect guess. That's it. All right, cool. Hit me with hit me with one. There are so many good ones. That's the problem. Um, the, I, I don't even know where to start, um, but I think I'm going to start here with look up, look down, look out. Here comes the biggest bond of them all. Now, that is Sean Connery, is it not? That is, uh, is that Thunderball? It is. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Yep. No, that's Thunderball. You've got, you've got Sean Connery out of the way. Okay. Um, Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I quite like this one. This bond is dangerous. That's that's all it is. I'm guessing that's a Dalton. That's got to be a Dalton. That is a Dalton. That's the Living Daylights, 1987. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of his tagline, is it not? You know, this is the day. You know, get Colin on the show and he'll rip shit into Timothy Dalton. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Dalton fan. But, Good boy. Uh, we, we need you on 007. Yeah. You, need to, you need to help me yeah, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, okay. No limits, no fears, no substitutes. That's Brosnan. That's Goldeneye, is it not? Oh, jeez, you were too good at this. <laughs> you thought you were going to trick me. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, some of them are just so obscure and random that you just you don't really know what you're going to get yourself in for. But this this um, is the real yeah. test. This is the, you need, this is the, well, you get your uh, podcasting license as the host of a James Bond podcast rescinded if I don't get these, I feel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so here we go. So far up, far out, far more. James Bond 007 is back. It's got to be Roger Moore with more in the in the tagline, surely. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh, this is, this, um, is, this is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That was my next, uh, you know, because I mean, we've gotten Dalton Brosnan and and Connery out of the way, so I mean, that's definitely not a Craig film. So, um, wow, I yeah. went you you went for the uh, the the too obvious one there, bugger. All right. <laughs> okay, so thanks. Sometimes George. the dead don't stay dead. Uh, so it's Moore or Connery. Sometimes the dead don't stay dead. It's got to be Living. Connery, 
Uh, sorry, Moore or, or uh, uh, Craig. Sorry, yes. Uh, well, look, I'm going to go out and limb and say that's live and let die and Roger Moore. You would think so, wouldn't you? Mm. But it's actually not. Is that a Spectre? I was thinking Spectre. I was thinking Spectre. That was like as soon as I hear the dead because of the whole Night of the Dead thing. So that was, my again, my backup choice. Fuck you, Daniel Craig. <laughs> okay, and so obviously <laughs> we know who this one is. Fuck you, Bill English. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but I do like this one. It's the biggest, it's the best, it's Bond and beyond. That's Moonraker. Sure. No, that's the spy who loved me. Oh, come on. That's got... Oh. <laughs> what's yeah, yeah, what's the would... one for Moonraker? It's bigger and beyond. Um, Moon- uh. Moonraker is... Where other bonds end, this one begins. Oh, now come on, that's bullshit. It's bond in space. How does that sell bond in space? <laughs> oh, there is actually there is actually one more, which is um, Roger so this Moore? is our original Casino Royale in nineteen sixty seven. Is Casino Royale is too much for one James Bond? <laughs> that's uh, oh yeah. I tell you one thing. We we did we did a recap of that. I don't know if you went and listened to it. Please, people, if you're a James Bond fan, go and listen to it because that is the most fucked up movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I I faded out of it, half of it, like there's. There's literally a scene where a UFO lands in the middle of, I can't remember what city they're in. Uh, I don't think it was London. I think there's somewhere else. And I obviously zoned out on it. And, of course, you know, Colin and Noah have asked me, you know, how did you zone out of the UFO landing, Ben? Like, this is a James Bond film. There's a UFO in it. I have to ask, what what's the tagline for Die Another Day? Um, let me find that one. One moment, caller. Warning, Madonna's um, in it. it. <laughs> it's actually quite good. Um, events don't get bigger than dot, dot, dot. Wow, okay. Well, what's what's your take on Die Another Day quickly, Nick? Because, again, you can come on and defend it with me, or are you on the bandwagon of Colin and I I think it's shit. No, it's a terrible film. Oh. It's, it's, it's awful. Right, your, your invitation's been rescinded. <laughs> You're no longer welcome. <laughs> there's, no, there's no defending it. Um, there's no defending that awful Madonna song. Oh. Um, it's it's, it's terrible. I want to hang up on you right now. Like, this is... <laughs> You're definitely not coming on 007. I'm bad enough I've got two people against me. I don't want three people against me. <laughs> uh, you, Nick, need to, you need to accept these facts, you know? No, no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure. Uh, and, look, hopefully we might be able to work something out in the next seven weeks again. We'll still be putting out the brink. So uh, I'm sure we might be able to tie up our schedules at some point or another. If not, uh, well, hopefully there'll be seven weeks worth of new and used to talk about when I get back, but thank you for your time. Thank you. That part of the show where we bring you a classic live performance from the vault of the brink, and we are going back to the classic year of 2014, and we are going to hear from an Australian singer-songwriter by the name of Josh Rennie Hines. He's a well-esteemed singer-songwriter, multiple awards across the country, toured the world, and he did join us back in studio back in 2014, and this was his performance of his song. It is called Lucy. Sit back and enjoy Lucy by Josh Rennie Hines. Tell you how I felt. It's gonna show you all my dreams. We've covered you up if you call. We've taken you to the sea. Now the winter skies are gathering. Feel the chill out on the breeze. The clouds are as high above us. 
we're as low as we've ever been could have called me your father Although it would have been so strange I would have called you Lucy I've always loved that name And I was gonna tell you how I felt But it gets the better of me I try to be the strong one I try to be what you need Now I'm sitting by a railway station Thinking about boarding a train Maybe I'll head down south again Although in winter it only rains You could have called me your father Although it would have been so strange I would have called you Lucy I've always loved that name I've always loved that name Another Dakota. Sup, Dakota. Sup, people. People. Just, yeah. you know, expecting people are listening to Everyone. this. Yes, I am. <laughs> Glad you have confidence. Uh, what's been going on? It's, uh, you know, last time we might get to do this in a in a bit, so... Yeah. Um, but make the most of it, I guess. Not too much. Planning a trip away. Cool. Where are you um, going? Oh, just around Tassie. Oh, that's um, exciting. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Exciting for me. Um, got a new phone. Oh, okay. What what, what have we got? What have we yeah. got? An Apple? A, 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 a what? 
It's an iPhone 7. An iPhone 7? Oh, so you've joined my club. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Oh, you've got an iPhone 7. Yeah, you? I've got the Mexican version. I thought it was a 6. No, oh, well, I, yeah, right. I did have the 6S, but it, somebody in Mexico is enjoying the features of it after stealing it from me on a train. So, uh, That's I, right. The 7 has more features. So. Apparently does. Um, Jokes on him. Did, did uh, well, it could be in a her. Like, women can be oh. criminals too, Dakota. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, Were you an Apple user before this? Did you have an iPhone or is this kind of... Um, Yeah, I had a 5. Oh, wow, wow, big leap. You've gone up two notches. Yeah, it is. Wow. I have, it's good. So so how are you finding it? How are you finding the iPhone 7? Um, It's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's um, still getting used to some of the, like, the kind of newer features. Okay. Like, the button that's not real, it's a bit weird. The button that's not real. um, Yeah. What's the button that's not real? The home button the home button. How's that it's not, not real? It's not an actual button. What do you mean? How's it not it's an not, actual button? What are you talking it's about? It's not a button. It's just a, like a vibration thing. <laughs> it's pretending It's pretending to be a button. You must have a... Di- Maybe the Australian version is different to the Mexican version. <laughs> no, but like, you know how you get the home button? Yeah. And you press it and it makes that little button. Like, oh, right. Well, button. okay. I see what you mean. Uh, I'm, look, I guess I was used to that when I had the 6S, but I mean, surely you've yeah. got, you know, dinosaur iPhone, so... Um, no, but it's the same kind of thing. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know, you're right. You're right. You yeah. know, I get, I get you. I get you. Um, so, like, did, did, why? What brought about new phone? Was it a case of, hey, cool, I need a new one, or just cool <laughs> shits and gigs? Well, or? I it was really quite impulsive. Um, Clearly, <laughs> I kind of just walked past the store and was like, I want a new phone. Cool, and just grabbed the seven. I hope like, you paid for it. Um, no, I just grabbed it. Just, <laughs> Lol, hi JB Hi-Fi, thanks for letting me steal your phone. <laughs> no, I got it from Optus. Oh, so. Optus? Ew, Optus, why would you have Optus? What's wrong with you? Because I got it on a plan. Oh, but why Optus? That doesn't exactly solve the problem there. Because I'm with Optus, and I'm with Optus Why now. would you be with Optus? My, um, Who's, no one's with Optus. I'm keep my number. Optus is They're shit. good. They're good, fuck off. They're not good, they're shit. They are. They are good. My experience with Optus involved the very first time I ever got, an, like, I decided to go on the iPhone bag wagon. So I was like, cool, awesome. I went to Optus because their plan was cheaper and all this sort of stuff. And they had this policy at the time. I don't know if they still do, where it's like if, you know, you can have your phone for a month and if you're not happy with it or something's wrong, you can bring it back, get out of your contract, you just pay for the first month. I'm like, cool, all right. So I brought it home. I got, like, one bar reception at my house. Uh, I was with Louise at the time. So when I went to her house... There was no reception at all at her house. So, like, after putting up with this for a couple of days, I went back. I'm like, hey, sorry, phone shit. I will, uh, you know, enact that clause in my contract. They're like, okay, cool. Thanks for your time. Just pay for one month. Only to get sent a bill a month later for, like, $900 for terminating my contract early. Ringing them up. Dude, fuck you. I'm not paying this. Oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. We'll fix that. The next month, I get a bill for, like, $1,000 for breaking <laughs> my contract early and an overdue fee. And I'm like... Fuck you, not paying it. Finally got sorted. So in my in my experience, fuck you, Optus. Yeah, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, happy Telstra customer. They do exist. <laughs> um, can we get sponsored by Telstra right now? Hi, Telstra. How are you? Um, no, I like Optus. I I use Wi-Fi at home. Oh, um, I use and I get Wi-Fi enough data. At home. <laughs> I mean, I get, get, get enough reception at home. I get enough reception anywhere else, too. Like, I don't know what, what you're complaining about. Clearly, Chigwell has better mobile phone coverage than Claremont. 
Clearly, yeah. All the all the bogans in Chigwell and all the phones they steal, they need to make sure they've got good phones. Oh, working. Fucking, I've just used the bloody Telstra towers. Anyone? No, they don't. They've got their own. They do. They use their no, they own. Don't. Telstra have their own, and Vodafone have their own. You're thinking of like Dodo use like the Vodafone towers or something like that. No, I'm hell not thinking well, of that. You know, whatever. But I, look, I will say, I mean, that was like eight years ago, so they probably have improved their coverage uh, in eight years. So, but still, fuck you, Optus. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, I think we should get angry. I'm going to play this. Ben and Dakota get angry. Ah! Ow! Glass. Ow! Always hits me. What's going on there? Um, I'm getting into this straight away. I don't care. I'm not even going to ask you if you want to go first. You know what makes me angry? No. People on Twitter who come into your conversations with no reason whatsoever to go off at you for no fucking reason. I posted a thing the other day about eating kangaroo. I had two people go off at me for eating kangaroo, telling me I was going to get, like, AIDS or something because kangaroo is full of diseases, (laughs) and then they posted all these images of, like, dead kangaroos. Fuck you, random people on Twitter. I'll eat kangaroo if I fucking want to. Fuck you. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Fucking you, you tell them, Ben. I will. Do it. I am. (laughs) Good. It's your turn. Oh, shit. <laughs> um. Yep. Fuck. Um. Do you want me to go again, or? No, it makes me angry. What? My nan. <laughs> Why? She wants my She wants my old phone for free. Like, what? <laughs> she's no. a nan. She's poor. She's old. I, she's not poor. She's quite rich, actually. <laughs> um, well, tell her to buy a new one. I paid five hundred dollars for it, and she's like, "No, I give it to me for free." For <laughs> like, what? Well, no. Look, Dakota, it is an iPhone five. All right, that's like saying, "Hey, Nan, I've got an old VHS player. Want to buy it for the five hundred dollars I paid for it back in nineteen ninety nine? No, but I paid five hundred dollars six months ago. Well, you were ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what makes me angry? Oh no, someone's calling the house phone. Well, I don't care, I'm angry! Fuck the phone! Oh shit! (laughs) Well, go and answer it then! Can I go answer it? Just go answer it, I'll sit here and yell at things. I'll just wait, it's fine. I want to see who's on the phone. Oh, it's. Are you going to get it or? That's finished. Oh. You know what makes me angry? What? 15 year olds not answering the phone and then interrupting angry bits on podcast segments. Fuck you! (laughs) Not getting angry at anything? (laughs) <laughs> no. I don't know what's going on right now. I'm here. What are you doing? I was moving around. Clearly. I could hear it. Sorry. Can I not move around? Would you be doing this on edge? It's professional here to go. This is a professional podcast. What, moving around? Yes, I would be fucking moving around. You can swear on the brink, remember? <laughs> yeah. Well, I fucking I swore on the bloody... Um, Speak up! You speak. What's going on with your speaker this week? Your iPhone 7 sucks in the microphone department. It's obviously Optus, then, isn't it? It's Optus! You know what makes me angry? <laughs> Optus! Fuck what? you, Optus! You're not making our podcast sound professional! <laughs> um, anyway, um, fucking last week at, on High Noon, I like, mumbled up my breath or something. Well, fucking, yeah. You did. I think it was the week before, but I went back and listened to the tape and you'll forget the lyrics and you definitely did swear. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah like you last week as well. Well, I didn't pick up on that, um, but um, yeah, good. You know what makes me angry? What? Josh Thomas. He's still not funny. Oh, fuck. So. He's no, he's a bit funny. He's not. Yeah, he's a little bit funny. He's not. Yes, he is. He's not. You know I mean, what makes me angry? What? Hawthorne. Why are they winning again? Go oh, back to losing. Oh, 
No, they can win if they want to. Leave them alone. You know what makes me angry? What? The fact that you're not getting angry over everything. It's just me. I I have nothing to get angry about. You're 15. You're always you angry. You angry? What? Not having anything to get angry about. You know what makes me angry? What? Your microphone. It's shit. <laughs> it's meant to be better. It's not. It's worse. It's meant to be better on the bloody eye. Maybe if I take my headphones out. Hold oh, on. Try that. Professional podcasting right now, 101. Is that, is that better? That's way better. <laughs> hey? That's a lot better. You what? That's a better. Can you oh, hear me? Better. Hello. Take the headphones out. You're not connected anymore. <laughs> I think we've lost Dakota. What? I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> oh, what? Hello. Can you hear me? Shit. Hello. It's me. <laughs> Dakota. <laughs> Can you hear me? I'm back. Hello. What happened? You tell Hello? me. You're fiddling with your knobs and shit. I, I said, <laughs> I said, what if I take my headphones out? I took my headphones well, out. Not that bit, yes. No microphone at all, apparently. Oh, my God. Any, any decent podcast would edit this out and start this again. Any professionals would go, oh, that sounds really shit. Let's start again so people don't think we're like amateurs. No, here at the brink, we leave it all in for you to enjoy. I don't know why they did that. (laughs) That's that's a common thing girls say to me on dates. I don't know why he did that. Sure, I haven't had a date in a long time. I don't know what a date even is anymore. When's the last time you had a date, Dakota? Have you ever been on a oh, date as a 15-year-old? Like, two weeks ago. Like. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Mr. Lothario over here. Uh, yeah, fucking A. Did you get lucky? <laughs> did you get a kiss? Hey? Did you get lucky? You know? Oh, got a hug. Oh. Oh. Nearly second base. Yeah, you she go, hugged you. me. Oh, I was like, oh, she hugged me. You know what makes me angry? Didn't what? Didn't have a shower after that. Oh. What? <laughs> What? Well, I have a new thing to get angry about right now. You know what makes me angry? You're not what? having showers. Fucking don't yeah. come into the studio tomorrow. Like, poo, what? if. What was the other thing that makes me angry? Uh, I don't know. Something that wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> what was it? What was it? I was going to say, it was surely, like, it has a microphone in the phone. <laughs> I don't know why it didn't, like, work. Are you going to miss this segment for seven weeks? Like, seriously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for, like, 15 minutes of my day. Every like week, like um, we'll have to we'll have to work out the time. Look, we can still do it, you know. Skype works in America and Canada, uh, so <laughs> I might. I just, I'll just have to, to like talk to myself or something. You will. <laughs> I'm Dakota. Yeah. Look at me. I walk out. Um, walk out to the kitchen to my nan. And be like, no one makes me angry, nan. <laughs> you. Here's my phone. Give me five hundred dollars. Um, have one thing actually. One thing I will quickly ask you. Um, in terms of. The last week, you you got to ask the uh, Premier of Tasmania to bust a sick rhyme, and he also fully endorsed you to be the Mayor of uh, Glenorchy. So, uh, have you started your campaign to be the Mayor of Glenorchy? Um, I have not, because I spent all my campaign money on an iPhone 7. (laughs) As Mayor, I will spend all my money on personal items and not the city. Fuck you, Glenorchy. No, as Mayor, I will spend all your money (laughs) on... You thought the Glenorchy City Council was corrupt and mistaken before. Wait till this 15-year-old gets in control. Uh, 18. 15. Um, now, I really don't have a whole lot else to add. Um, do you like stuff? Uh, um, yeah, I like stuff. Good. 
That's, I've always wanted to ask you that. Dakota, it's fun as always. Okay. Perhaps in the next seven weeks we might catch up on Skype somewhere and uh, we can find time to do this. If not, good luck keeping all that pent-up anger in yourself for the next seven weeks. But as always, it is a pleasure. Goodbye. Seems to be a sporadic segment that we have here on the brink, but it doesn't matter because when it comes to this man, we can have one every three years and it will still top everything that we ever produce. I do, of course, speak of our former co-host extraordinaire, the man who helped this show get started back in 2004, at least in its early days. I do, of course, speak of the Beaver Valley's number one resident. It is Joshua Shoebridge. Josh, welcome back to your former show. Thank you, Benny boy. I am sitting in a chair. I just thought I'd let everyone know. Shut up. Like, shut the front gate. I know. <laughs> I, I actually do. Just, just, just a bit of an announcement here. Okay. Bit of an announcement. Uh, we've been granted. Uh, me and uh, another friend of mine who is on my podcast show's team, we've been granted time slot in one of the local community radio stations down here. Oh, look at you making the big time! There you go. I, I know these people don't even have music on their. Uh, <laughs> In the on the on a computer, it's all CD. Wow! So what is this well, like? Beager FM or Cheese FM? What, what's this station called? Saf- Sapphire FM. Sapphire FM. Wow, that uh, that definitely sounds like a station you want to be on there. Uh, that that's pretty cool. What what time slot? When when do you tune in to? And what is the show? Like I, I know about it, but our listeners might not know about it. <laughs> uh, it's essentially we're going to be doing our podcast for in their studio and broadcasting it live and then cutting it off. So it's a basically, it's a niche one on, on hobbying. Right. Uh, so on wargaming specifically, but m- m- we're going to branch out just to essentially just do geek culture and just talk about, say, geek movies that come out, um, conventions coming up, comic books, wargaming, uh, video gaming, all, all that sort of stuff because there's not really that much going on the airways for that particular genre for the for for the demographic kids that are actually out and about at that time it's going to be from two to four and on thursday ah, okay. it's going to be thursday or wednesdays so yeah we'll, we'll let you know more solidified day slots when we know oh, please do i was going to say you're not competing with uh high noon 12 to 2 on edge radio here in hobart uh that's uh, fridays of course uh so you are you are now competitor there that's good that would have been a bit awkward but uh, no well congratulations no, what, what, yeah no. or, or it'd be part of the brink umbrella i'm assuming yes the the, the ever-growing umbrella that is the brink uh it is the parent show to a bunch of children uh, <laughs> i often say that yeah. i don't have any children that i know of but i guess every single one of these uh shows that i put out is one of my babies well yeah well speaking of mothers to a children this thing that i that has just come to my attention ben mm. something's come to my attention right what well, the there wants to be a separation of Oh, oh, you, I thought you were talking about something else here. I thought you were going about Rolf Harris or something. I'm like, what? What's going on with the parents no, I'm, here? I'm, I'm talking about King Island. <laughs> now, yeah, look, this is, this to... is making me mad, Josh. Like, I have a, we have a segment here with... I don't think you've ever met Dakota. It's probably a good thing. He's a little shit. You don't want to. Uh, but, like, we have a segment where <laughs> it's Dakota and Ben and Dakota get angry. We just yell at each other, right? We did that back in the day in the brink, and we still do it on this podcast. But I, I wish I had read this before I did that segment with him, because... This is making me angry. Apparently, King Island, they're having some issues at the moment when it comes to getting freight on the island. Fair enough. Okay. Bad news for King Island. 
But this has led a resident, an angry King Island resident, by the name of Jill Munro, to start a petition and a letter campaign to make King Island succeed, secede from Tasmania and join Victoria. Now, now I'm not, I'm not for one for Tasmania. We're small enough as it is, losing some of our land. Uh, and apparently Victorian Premier uh, Daniel Andrews, I think his name is, isn't it? He, he's basically said, yeah, we'll have King Island. Why not? Um, and I say to Daniel Andrews and to Victoria, fuck off. This is our land. Uh, I, I kind of sound like certain members of this community. I'm not going to get into that. But hands off our land. This is our land. Fuck off, Victoria. No, I know what you mean. You know what? I just had to Google for a minute Jill Munro because I was going to make an <laughs> accusation. I'm not too sure. But did you know Jill Munro was actually one of the Charlie's Angels played by Farrah Fawcett? So I don't <laughs> think it's that blonde bombshell who's making this explosion. Farrah Fawcett's it dead, has to be, so it can't be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand that. But I honestly think that the person who is um, – and this is a complete accusation. I know nothing of this woman, but I, I she's either – a bingo-playing, RSL-attending know-it-all, or a greenie. It's one of the two, and I'm willing to put money on either. But what? I, what's the, the thing that we, we're going to lose out, right, Ben? Now, I've, I've gone in, I've done my research. Yes, you I've have. sat here have. for five seconds, and I've done my research. There is a township called Narra Cooper. Yes. What a, what okay. a town that is. And, uh, Happening place. Now, there... It is happening, Ben. It is known for its beach. <laughs> Singular. Singular. <laughs> a jetty. Yes. Now, on Wikipedia, they had to put in brackets, fishing. <laughs> Apparently, that's what you do off a jetty. <laughs> there is holiday accommodation. Mm-hmm. And eateries such as Rocky Glen, oh. Bowden's and Burt's Cafe. Oh, Burt's! And there is also... Don't don't forget one of the highlight places of this little township that we will lose out on is a sheltered barbecue area and public toilets. Oh, not the public toilets! No, not the the famous Narra Cooper public toilets. Now, I, I am taking the piss. Like the King Island is fantastic. It is. They they have penguins, they and apparently do. there is a platypus there somewhere. <laughs> um, just one. That's all they've got. <laughs> it's called Jim. Jim the platypus. Yeah, this is. <laughs> the more research I do on this place, the more I want to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Josh, get your New South Wales mind out of the gutter. Save our land. This is, you know, it it it, 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 it says the township of Grassy. <laughs> There's a place called Grassy, which is 32 kilometres southeast of Curry. I don't want that in your curry right there. Um, it was a mining town where shelite oh, was extracted yes. from an open cut mine. So there is a big open cut mine there. That's from 1974. Uh, the mine closed in 1990. So you guys are learning more about King Island now because it's in the spotlight from me in Wikipedia. Well, Josh, Josh. And you would have. Just, I'm, I'm surprised when it comes to grassy here. You're talking about the uh, the great Narracoopa uh, landmarks. You've got to look here at the great uh, landmarks of grassy. You know, they've, they've got their heated indoor swimming pool. They've got a laundromat. And, of course, the grassy supermarket. So, I mean... Don't forget the specials, Ben. <laughs> look, again, it sounds like we're taking the piss. But, like, this, this actually gets me mad thinking about the fact that, you know, Victoria wants King Island. It's like, 
Victoria has everything already. Like, I love Melbourne. Victoria's a nice state. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be mean here, but I am being mean at the same time. Like, get your fucking hands off our land, Victoria. Like, go, go, like, South Australia. Like, you just, you can go over the border. I mean, there's not much going on there besides Adelaide. Like, Cooper Pedy, sure. Like, Kangaroo Island, get that. Like, that's a nice island for you to have, Victoria. Like, leave King Island alone. They can freaking take Norfolk Island for all I care. <laughs> Well, that's a little bit out of the way for them. Uh, maybe Queensland can take Norfolk Island. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? This is the reason why I I don't particularly like the fact of uh, you know Victoria taking the the island. Is it? There's a bit of a mystery that happened back in I think it was the seventies. Um, do you believe in aliens, Ben? I believe in aliens, Josh. That is uh, one of the, the few things of that uh, persuasion that I do definitely believe in. All right. And what, what do you think of when, it can't, when you think of um, like extraterrestrial abduction? Oh, you know, anal probes. <laughs> The X Files. <laughs> Is that like a legitimate question? Do I think it's a real thing, or are yeah, you just no, kind no, no. of the context there? Okay, no, no, it's an actual thing that happened, right? Right. So this is uh, about thirty. Was it two thousand seventeen? So about thirty nine years ago, uh, there was a young lad by the name of Frederick Vlatnich. Oh, yeah. He was Normal. flying out of Melbourne. Yep. Okay, and um, and he. Was well, as in, in his flight, he he. There was something that happened, and he ended up saying that he believed there was a UFO. He was following him, getting quite low, and um. So the thing that they they that happened was that Vladnish, So I'll, I'll read the story. So Vladnish told Melbourne Air Traffic Control he was being followed by a long metallic unidentified aircraft with four bright lights, which at times moved at high speeds and or orbited above his plane before reporting his engine was failing. Uh, nothing further was ever heard from him, and an intensive sea search at the time, done by the Victorian government, oh, just saying, uh, found no trace of the plane or the 20-year-old Vlatnich, who earlier months had assessed, um, sorry, who accessed uh, confidential RAAF reports on UFO, UFO sightings. Now, just saying... He was flying from Melbourne to King Island. I reckon we would have found him if he was flying from, say, Launceston or Bridport to, to King Island. Look, I, no, no question about it, Josh. We would have because, I mean, A, nobody ever flies to Launceston, so it's not like it's busy. And B, Tasmanian Search, Air and Rescue, uh, you know, who saved all the people that survived during that Sydney to Hobart that one year? You know, people from Tasmania. That's it, that's it. You know, fuck what you, Victoria. The young, the- <laughs> What about that yeah, the the young lad and his dad who were in the middle of the south was it the southeast yeah southwest. that oh the recent one I thought you were talking about yeah no 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 yeah. exactly yeah exactly like don't hear about that in Victoria you know like no all you hear about is large big cat sightings and <laughs> yeah. and weird cults you know just to, to yeah exactly exactly so like you know this is just not on do you know do you, do, do you know what really pisses me off about Victorians is because that. Every every election they've had in the past like twelve years for their state elections is 
the thing about the tollways out of Melbourne, yep. they're a hot topic. They haven't even fixed them yet. Well, they, they're but, very similar like, to Tasmania it, in that point. They're like, nothing ever gets fixed. But, I mean, look, let's be honest. This is a state that elected Jeff Kennett. This is a state that elected Jeff Kennett as Premier, Josh. That says it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got their heads so far up their backside, it's not funny. Uh, I, mean, look, they're, I think you've also got a bit of a, an invested interest here too, Josh. I mean, you are a New South Welshman. You hate Queensland. You hate Victoria. I mean, you're just a hated state, so... <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong, okay? As much as I live in New South Wales, I loathe this state. Everything is expensive. <laughs> uh, rates are stupid. The fact that I've got a... It costs... It costs me to register a vehicle. My my car uh, for six months was six hundred dollars, roughly, hmm. just to register my car. Which, mind you, I had to get it. That's not including the mechanic check that I have to get done every time I register the car. Wow. And then the um, third party insurance that that is mandatory, unlike Tasmania, which it's already included. <laughs> Well, there you go. I'm learning. See, so, like, yeah, fuck you, New South Wales. Um, my rates, my rates for 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 a quarter is twelve hundred dollars. Wow, that's crazy. That is, um, I couldn't imagine what it'd be in Sydney. I, that's that's probably like a, a daily fee for Sydney, though. So no, our, our well, no. The thing is, though, our rates are one of the highest in this particular shire. Is one of the highest in the state. Wow. Wow, it's stupid. Like, and we don't even have town sewerage. We have to. We we had to do a when we built. We had to put a, a septic on our on our property. Right. So and we're not even connected. We don't have all the services. Now look, I've just actually yeah, we still pay. I've just googled just really quickly here. I've typed in Bigger Valley population. You've apparently got here about thirty one thousand, just under thirty two thousand people live in the the Bigger Valley Shire. Now, as of the last as of the last election, it was twenty eight thousand voters. So, well, there you go. Okay, twenty eight thousand. Uh, now we look at the population of King Island, uh, seventeen hundred and twenty three. So, uh, <laughs> I think that I think I, I think I think I'm a scholar on the subject. Now. <laughs> but you look at the, the population of Tasmania is about five hundred and fifteen thousand people. All right, we don't want to now have five hundred and fourteen thousand. 890, I can't even do the math on the top of my head, but look, we don't want 1,723 less people. Victoria doesn't need it, all right? They get 1,723 people a day moving there, right? Okay, like, come on, Victoria, you don't need King Island. No, no, they don't. They and it would fuck this. up with the map of this country. Like, you see the map of Tasmania, and kind of it's nice when you see those two little islands at the top. Uh, you know, how do they do a map of Victoria? Like, oh, there's a massive gap and there's a tiny little island down the bottom. I mean, King Island complained enough they get leapt off maps of Tasmania. Um, what's it going to be like on a map of Victoria, King Island? Think about this. That's exactly right. And I was about to say, wasn't that where Ship to Shore was filmed? But no, that was filmed in Perth. Yeah, that was inside um, of the country. But uh, similar, yeah. similar. They, they're quite similar. It's funny, actually, just kind of in looking through here, I've discovered a great website. I didn't even know this works out this is this is great uh content for for podcasts and radios here there's a website here called tasmania top 10 and it has a bunch of lists here of a variety of things so we've got top 10 dates in tasmanian history top 10 restaurants in tasmania top 10 origins of tasmania top 10 famous tasmanians about you and i number one and two there uh you got tasmanian brands contributors to the tasmanian economy golf courses population food lots of things i've just i've jumped on here quickly to the top 10 population centers in tasmania i mean there's not really a whole lot here that you didn't already know (laughs) so uh obviously number one hobart then Launceston. Uh, what are you? What are you putting in number, number three here, Josh? Are you thinking it's Devonport or 
Bernie. Give give me a guess. Oh, it'd have to be. Um, no, I'm going to say. Oh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Devonport. Devonport. Good guess. Number three. Devonport. Bernie four. Now number five. I'm, I'm a bit sketchy on this one because look, I would classify if you're going to classify this as a separate town slash city, you got to put Glenorchy up or Clarence here because they put Kingston at number five. I think the, the, well, they're, they're their own council. They're separate to the well, whole. Well, so is Glenorchy. So is Clarence. They're separate councils. So uh, I think that, yeah, look, I can see what they've done here because I guess it kind of doesn't connect. But nowadays, people just classify it as part of the hobo. Anyway, so Kingston's number five. Olverston is six. Good old Olverston. You're, you're... <laughs> how, the, how the hell does Olverston trump Hewanville? Well, Josh, number seven, even more than Hewanville. You've got a bit of a invested interest in this. Norfolk! New Norfolk! <laughs> I swear New Norfolk only has like six to 7,000 people. It's got about nine and a half. I remember when I was at the Gazette, we had to do a story on the population because, uh, yeah, interviewing the mayor, he's always wanting to get more people there. So, uh, Wynyard is at number eight. Georgetown, <laughs> number nine. And number 10, like, Hewlettville's not even on this list. Sorrell is at number 10. There you go. Sorrel has no one in it. The only thing Sorrel has going for is the fact that that Irish dude who used to help host The Voice did a movie out there with some girl about a goddess or something. Yeah, what it, what it, not well. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who gives a crap because he's not worthy of knowing. I'm just, uh, I, I want to go through something. These, these are fun. Like we've got Okay, top 10 famous Tasmanians. This is fun. All right. Now, I want you to... I, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to go from number one down to number ten. Who is your guest for the most famous Tasmanian? I'm going to say Errol Flynn is probably number one. Errol Flynn is number three. Holy crap. Mm. <laughs> Merv Hughes? He's not Tasmanian. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. He lives in Tassie, doesn't he? Uh, I don't think so. No. I don't know. I don't know. Who's number one? Come on. You're going to kick yourself when I tell you this. Oh, it's not Dr. Harry. No, it? no. Like, <laughs> she's a female. She... <laughs> well, it's good to know. She got lucky at a pub oh, during Reggie. the Sydney Olympics and married royalty. Oh, crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Crown the, Princess Mary of Denmark. <laughs> How the hell is she number one? Well, I think it's kind oh, of... I mean, she's goodness. the future queen of Denmark, so, I mean, that's kind of famous, so... <laughs> I wonder then if we'll try to take Denmark on as part of Tasmania. Hey, look, why not? Who's number two then, Josh? Come on, give me a guess. You've you got to guess uh, this. Come on, you know this. David David Foster. Oh, David look, Foster. he's on. David Foster is uh, where is he? He's number he's number seven. But like, oh. think of another famous Tasmanian with that same name who plays the same sport. What, woodcutting? No. Uh, uh, okay, that was a bad way of describing it. Okay, how else can I give you a clue here? <laughs> um, think of a friend of ours called Lucy and who she was obsessed with. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. You, know, you know who I'm... His name's actually... No, I know who you're talking about. His name's lost. Ricky though, Ponting. Like, Ponting. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Weird. Ricky Ponting, number two. So, yeah, Aeroflin's number three. I don't think... I don't know if you'll get number four. I don't know how how your knowledge is of politicians. Uh, the only ever Tasmanian Prime Minister. Do you know who that is? I want to say Harold Holt, but it's not No, him. no. Joseph Lyons, the only Tasmanian Prime Minister ever. 
Uh, he's number four. He should, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five's an interesting one. Uh, this is, I've heard his name before. I don't know too much about him. Peter Sculthorpe, he's a composer. So, uh, oh, yeah. but, but, but like number six, how is he more famous than David freaking Boone? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Booney's at six. David Foster seven. Number eight. You have to get number eight. All right. Now, now I'll give you the biggest clue in the world right now. You got to drive in a car with him. Oh, mate, Maxie. Yes. <laughs> Number eight, good old Maximus. Rest in peace, Maximus. Uh, number nine, I have no idea who this person is. Alana Hill, fashion designer. Apparently grew up in Penguin. <laughs> wow, she must have made some nice shirts yeah. to get out of Penguin. And number ten, again, never heard of this person. Denny King, Bushman, King of the Wilderness. Now, good for him. <laughs> is he a mate of Russell Coy? Where, where is Simon Baker? Um, you know, Matthew Richardson, legendary Richmond footballer. Like, think about some of these oh, other people. Essie Davis, she's in Game of Thrones, for fuck's sake. Like, you know, like, this is this is a shit list. TasmaniaTop10.com. <laughs> uh, I wonder who the hell wrote this. Where am I? Where am I, Tasmania Top 10? <laughs> That's exactly right. This is our longest segment. Of, I don't give a shit. Um, we're, now we're going no, into... I'm having fun. Yeah, good. Top 10 islands. We're not going to speak to each other for seven weeks, all right? So we're going to make this long. Top 10 islands off Tasmania. Now, this to me might be why King Island is slightly pissed off. Because the number one island, apparently, is Flinders Island. Maybe people think Flinders is a bit better than King. Uh, King Island... Well, they've got two, don't they? Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're bigger too. Size does matter. So I've heard. Uh, King Island is number two. Give me, give me a guess at number three. This is a uh... Mariah Island. Oh no, that's actually number six. That's a lot lower than I thought. But you're kidding. An island closer to Hobart. It's, it's not. It's not Bruni. It is, is Bruni. Bruni. Third. Oh, yeah. uh, Cape Barren Island is four. Macquarie Island fifth. Mariah is at six. Uh, and then four islands here I've never heard of. Clark Island, which apparently is the third largest of the islands in the Ferno Group. Robbins Island, which is just off the northwest corner of Tasmania. Hunter Island. Three Hummock Island. See, like, Victoria, take fucking Clark Island. No one gives a shit about that. <laughs> where's where's Massacre Island on that? That's True, like yes. Where is Massacre Island? I don't know. There you go. Um, interesting. Uh, here's one for you, Josh. Top ten places in Hobart to buy food. <laughs> Now, this is a bit of advertising here. I think this kind of comes down to just, you know, the, the yuppie oh. Hobart restaurants here. Uh, but look, any of these who are listening to us, for whatever reason, you're not. But hey, cool, you can sponsor us if you want to. Uh, so number ten, bucks la, ten bucks La Pachette is on there somewhere. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, you owe me $10, it's not. Uh- <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Number one, Hill Street Grocer. Why not? Uh, House Kitchen. <laughs> Is number two. That's it. Yeah. Just, just stop there for a sec, okay? <laughs> like, the Hill Street Grocery Store is exactly what its name implies, a grocery store. It's just a deli. You, buy, you don't actually eat there. You well, buy it. You take it home. Well, okay. I should, I should, I should. Okay, let me clarify this then. It's the, the explanation here they give is supermarket... Supermarkets, essentially. So here's a selection of those, uh, and like obviously these are more not restaurants. These are where you buy produce from. There is there a restaurant section here? There might be a restaurant section. I'll go, I'll go to that in a second. So, Versailles Kitchen, 
fresh central market, so, like everything here's in Salamanca, basically. The Salmon Shop, Cool, uh, West Hobart Gourmet Meats, Lipscomb Larder, oh, an icon of Hobart, uh, Umara Whole Foods. That was that ad they used to have on TV, wasn't it? That Umara, that was an annoying ad. Um, yeah. Raw, the natural grocer, never heard of it. Jackman and... Mc- no, no, I've been there, I've been there. That's actually somewhere I've been. Cool. Uh, Not bad. <laughs> they're, 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 they're up the road, they're where I used to live up in... Um, in Dunern. They're, they're not bad. Okay, all right. Well, here's one here that um, I've actually... I didn't know the name, but I can see the picture, and I know where this is, actually. It's in Battery Point. Jackman and McRoss Bakery. Um, yeah, no, they're good. And they're number good. 10 is Salad Bowl. So, basically, everything here is in either West Hobart, Sandy Bay, or Salamanca. So... I was wa- I was waiting for, like, Chigwell yeah. to come up there. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so is there a restaurant? Oh, top 10 food speciality. This is interesting, actually. Oh, the top 10 contri- contributors to the Tasmanian economy. Uh, here's top 10 places in Hobart to drink coffee. Um, IXL Atrium is number one. Elizabeth Street Pier, Salamanca Place, Salamanca Square, Fuller's Bookshop. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, Mount Nelson <laughs> Signal Station, Royal Botanical Gardens. Yeah, number eight, Sandy Bay. <laughs> number nine, Black. <laughs> Just all of it. Beach. Just all of fucking and Sandy Bay. Cascade Brewery. Yeah, because I go to Cascade Brew to drink coffee, you dickhead. Uh, you know, just just off the like where where Cascade Brewery is, and they've got like a little park just to the side, and there's got a nice little creek and lush green grass. Yeah. Apparently, and I don't speak from experience, but apparently, you can just go there and pick magic mushrooms. Cool. Well, I. So maybe that's why the coffee is good there. We need to go over that. All right. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Is, I don't care how long this goes. This is great. Uh, top 10 Tasmanian brands, Josh. Where, uh, chicken feed is not on this list. I'm stabbing someone. Like, I don't care it doesn't exist anymore. Like This is this is bullshit if it's not. I haven't even gone through it. So, number one, Spirit of Tasmania. Okay, fair enough. Uh, number two, Cascade. Well, that means it's above Bogues, which is number three. So, in your face, Bogues. Um, number four, King Island Dairy. Yep, okay, good call. Number five, Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race. Is that Tasmanian? I would assume that's half... Sydney-ish? No, 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 it it is Tasmanian because the race may start in Sydney, but all the celebrations and everything happen in Hobart. Good call, good call. All right, I like that. Uh, Number six, Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, okay. Number seven, Blunston Boots. Yep. Uh, Number eight, Incat. Number nine, Nichols Poultry. What the fuck? Number ten, Domaina Wine. What is Domaina Wine? Where's chicken feed? (laughs) What about shipload? Fuck shipload. Where's chicken feed? I would have taken both. (laughs) I'm angry. I don't want to read this site anymore. You know what's funny? Like <laughs> I remember when I found out that chicken feed didn't exist anymore. It was oh, the first. It was the first time I'd taken the Naomi and the kids to, to Tasmania, and we we bought because we were like surprising my mum for a birthday, and we we're in New Norfolk, and we. We've parked just like I don't know if you know. Well, you know, you know, folk. Well, where the well, the Woolworths car park yeah, that's behind yeah, yeah. the main street. Yeah. So I was parked there. and I said, "Oh, so I've just got to." We had the present in the car, but we didn't have anything to wrap it with. So okay, we'll we'll go and we'll, we'll I'll just go grab some wrapping paper, from chicken feed, real quick. <laughs> and she's like, "Chicken feed? Like, yeah, yeah, that's the best." <laughs> go, I go up the street and I'm like, the red building's closed and empty. This this is weird. And then I got onto Google with chicken feed in Norfolk. Has it moved or something? It's like, and I was like, chicken feed has shut down nation, like, um, statewide. I'm like, Don't you're remind, kidding me. It, 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 
It was like finding out I had cancer. It was devastating. Fuck you, Jan it Cameron. Was... Fuck you and your stupid ownership. <laughs> Ruined it was, it, it was horrid. The greatest thing Tasmania's ever produced. I'm saying it right now. Um, this is an interesting one. Top 10 origins of Tasmanians. Now, this is where most, like, the, the top 10 places in the world that people who live in Tasmania originate from. So they're not including Aboriginals. Um, <laughs> this is shove it, chugging in here. Well, I think it's more to the case that there's not really a lot of... I mean, there's no full-blooded Aboriginal Tasmanians, of course, but, uh, yeah. So, anyway, because these are the nations where most of our descendants come from. Give me some guesses here, Josh, because this is... Surely you're going to get a few of these, I feel. I'm going to say English. That's number one. Irish. Number two. Irish. Yep. German. It's number four. French. Uh, thank God they're not on the list. <laughs> You're kidding me. That's a good thing. We don't want those those people here. Can, uh, Canadian. No, 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 no. You'd have more Frenchies here than Canadians. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to say Sudanese. Uh, you'd think so, but no. Uh, look, for number three, you're on a bit of a roll there. English, Irish, there's another one that you're not saying. Oh, Scott. Yeah, Scottish. yeah okay, number three. So German's number yeah. four. Now, number five. Think about this. Think about who discovered Tasmania and where he was from. Oh, the Dutch. The Dutch, yes. There's two things in this world I can't stand. People intolerable of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Thanks to Michael Caine in Gold Member. Uh, Number six. Yes. This is, uh, look, you said the French. Think nearby, similar flag. (laughs) I heard you. I think you had it. I only said Italy. Well, yeah, yeah, Italy. There, you're right. Uh, I, did, I, yeah. I think I cut you off there. Okay, true. All right, uh, so number seven. Um, look, you said Sudanese. Good guess. Think of another, I guess, culture, race. A lot of them in Tasmania, a lot of them in Australia. Chinese. Correct. I was going to say, be careful with your answer there, Josh. Um, number eight. Uh, how would I give you a guess on this one? Um Magda Stabansky. She her what's her heritage? <laughs> She's um Polish. She is, she? yes. Good 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 boy. Um number nine, alright, you said you said English, you said Irish, you said Scottish. Where's the fourth one? Welsh. Yes, correct. <laughs> Wales. Alright. Now number ten, this scares me to think that there's a lot of these people in our country, uh, our state, I should say. Um I'm just gonna give you one clue. Meh. <laughs> Kiwi. <laughs> oh, that's right. Nick, Nick doesn't listen to this. We've already played the sheep sounds in this episode. All right. Uh, what else have I got here? Now, the restaurants are pretty boring because they're. Uh, these are okay. These are top 10. These are the ones you were going on before. Uh, Garage Easters. That's in. What Murray the hell Street. is that? Okay, cool. Uh, the Stackings at Peppermint Bay, Snooty Town. We don't want to go there. Uh, Ethos Eat Drink. Never heard of it. Miwa. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've been there, and it's fantastic. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? There was, um, we had Chris Hamley in the studio one day, and I I do the little clips at the end of the year where I would put, like, best bits to, to a song, and there was a clip on one of them, I can't remember what year it was, and there's just a clip of you and Chris Hamley talking, and you turn around and say at one point, oh, yeah, I went to Miwa, and then Chris Hamley's like, huh, what? He's like, oh, the segue's obvious. Like, it's just the way it's so funny. Um, number five, Remy de... Oh, that sounds French. We're not reading that one out. Uh, number six, Frogmore Creek. 
Stillwater. That sounds French too. Uh, number eight. This is my. <laughs> this website literally has number eight. We're working on this one. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, the beach restaurant, and number ten, fresh on Charles. So hang on a minute. How is the beach restaurant and fresh on Charles underneath one that doesn't exist? <laughs> That's the Michelin star of Tasmania. That's what it is. All right. Uh, what have we got? Okay. This is... Oh, God. How long are we going today? Uh, top 10 contribu- contributors to the Tasmanian economy. So the top 10 industries, basically, in this state. Give us some guesses here, Josh. I'll let you guess this one. Boyer. No, well, it's not... Don't think companies think, like, the industry that Boyer's involved in or, you know... Oh, yeah, no. Paper and wood and... Yeah, I'll give you that. Number, number four, green. number four, yeah. wood and paper. There you go. Yep, correct. Every every okay, everything greenies hate. <laughs> is that is that your actual answer? Like everything greenies hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look, I'll give you that. Ores. Uh, number five, minerals such as copper, zinc, and lead. Um, and technically, number one, processed metals. So cool. All right, we'll give you those. Uh, number two is a pretty obvious one. I think you, you're going to think of this one. Sport. No, uh, like when you and Naomi and your family came to Tasmania, you came as oh, a tourist, tourist, tourism. Yeah, tourism. Yep. Number three, manufactured goods, whatever that means. Number four, uh, four, five, six. Uh, yeah, this one's a pretty obvious one. Uh, think the ocean. Oh, seafood. Yes. Uh, number seven, think of what you do with seafood, but with like cows and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kiwi, man. No, well, <laughs> what are you doing with your seafood, Josh? Um. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> meat. That's what I'm trying to say. Meat. Just meat. Uh, eight is dairy products. Nine is other food and drink. And ten is ICT. Apparently, we were good at um, the internet. Good. Um, really? Yeah, apparently. Um, our top ten food specialties. You're learning so much about Tasmania today. Uh, our top oh. ten food specialities are farmed salmon, wild abalone, leatherwood honey, black truffles, saffron, Wasabi, okay. Uh, extra olive, extra virgin olive oil, organic food. Yeah, no, there's a there's a massive uh, olive uh, olive tree orchard in um, just just south of Lonnie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that on Escape Tasmania. With, <laughs> what's her face? Yeah, that Katrina Roundtree. Yep. I think she hosted that. Yeah. Uh, here's one for she you. She used to be hot back in the day. But she's still hot. Did. I've interviewed her. She's she's very attractive in person. Uh, number nine, cheeses. There you go, Josh. Screw you, bigger yeah. belly. And uh, number ten, beef. Beef. Good old beef. Yeah. Uh, one more. All right, one more. We've got over All half right. an hour just in this one segment alone. Um, these are the top ten significant dates in Tasmanian history. All right? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna call number one. Okay. It's Port Arthur. Now, you would think so, but Port Arthur is amazingly number nine. So. Bull crap. Well, I'm not crapping your bull because it's number nine. I think actually, by the the... looks of this, it's actually almost done in order. So it it is. So basically, it is 10 in order. Uh, so, therefore, you know that number nine being Port Arthur Massacre, there's actually an event that happened after Port Arthur, which is on this list. But, um, look, I'll give you number one because, I mean, this is a it's a bit of a obscure one. Just It's just Aboriginal settlement, simple. It just says long ago. So, there's your girl, Truck and Ninny. Um, number two, 1642, 
Do you know what happened in 1642 in Tasmania, Josh? It's probably that's been... when what that's when um, Dirk is it Dirk Hart? No, it wasn't Dirk Hartog. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, who is it? No, Dirk Hartog was New Holland. Um, that's when that when that dude. What's the name of the state? Oh, yeah, Van Diemen. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, think current. <clears throat> no, name no, no, of the state. no, no. Abel has Abel. There Tatum, you go. Sorry. There yeah, you go. No, no, no. I went like, yeah. He came to Australia, oh, to Tasmania, and saw that the Aboriginals made really weird ladders out of trees. Yeah. So, so what you did there? Uh, number three is a British settlement of Van Diemen's Land in 1803. Uh, number four is end of convict transportation. Ugh, we haven't been the same since. Uh, number five. <laughs> He's, yeah, look at flipping Risden Vale, mate. <laughs> look at that. I'll give you a bit of a guess on this one because you might get this one. Uh, what happened in 1856? Um, there was an Olympic Games. They no, didn't start know. 1896. But look, I'll, I'll give you another clue. You did mention this a few minutes ago in terms of different names. Oh, not not trugging any dying no it's it's we were renamed Tasmania essentially from Van Diemen's League Van Diemen's League Van Diemen's Land Van Diemen's League the great ice hockey competition that is in Tasmania Uh, (laughs) now you probably should get this one if you know anything about Australian history I mean this is really an Australian date not a Tasmanian Mm. date but uh, 1901 Oh, that's Federation. It is. And yes, Federation, Tasmania, State Tasmania of Tasmania actually became a state instead of a territory. Indeed, indeed. And uh, was it you who told... I think it was Anthony who used to tell me, but uh, I'm sure you know this anyway. Did you know that's actually in the uh, Constitution that we can allow New Zealand to be a state if they want us to be want to be a state? Yes, no, I, and I, yeah, yeah, no, that's because they're part of the Commonwealth, and they're. And, but the only reason why we they won't is because of <laughs> this is an interesting fact about New Zealand. You might not know is that they have two parliaments. Mm. They have they have the White Parliament, and then they have the, the Maori Maori. Yeah, the Maori Maori. You say it better than I do. Yes, that's the proper way of saying it. <laughs> and and um. And the, and they've got the power of veto, which I thought was pretty cool too. Yeah. Well, like, look, I, I've always said with New Zealand, I, I think that since I went there, they've got their shit together better than we do. Like, they're just, they're all together. They're just, they all, you know, they don't really seem to have a lot of, I mean, I'm sure there are issues, but like compared to what we have. So, um, yeah, good on New Zealand for that. Uh, you know what I thought was interesting? Like, what, what was it earlier in the year when their, their prime minister um, uh, resigned? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the leader of the opposition is like, oh, no, the guy's he's, he's, he's a top bloke and uh, <laughs> he's going to have some fun with his family and uh, pat on the back. It's a good job. Uh, we, we don't see eye eye, but, you know, he's a top bloke. <laughs> well, you, one thing I should say, Josh, I'm sure you're an avid listener of The Brink, clearly, but uh, we have one of our segments we do have, you would have already heard it on the show uh, today, if you're listening, of course, uh, is our, our weekly chat with our New Zealand friend Nick, Nick Chista, over in Hamilton. And uh, we, of course, talked earlier on this episode about uh, their current Prime Minister, Paul English, uh, who has been a bit of a laughing stock with uh, comedian John Oliver in the US at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's quite fun. We, we uh, like to make fun uh, of him. He must be that good if an American stand-up comedian is making fun of the New Zealand Prime Minister over his own president. Well, well... You've got to watch the show last week tonight to get it. There's a bit of an ongoing segment where he's kind of, he rips shit into New Zealanders. And basically, again, kind of people would have heard this before, but I said to, to, to update you, there was a, 
uh, there's a court case going on in New Zealand at the moment where basically Eminem uh, is suing the New Zealand government because they used uh, Lose Yourself in an advertising campaign during their last election. No, I, 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 I did see that yeah. in the news. So basically that yeah. was brought up last week on Last Week Tonight. And during the week, a journalist asked the Prime Minister, Bill English, like, did you see this segment? And this, the Prime Minister basically said, oh, yeah, John Oliver's not very funny. So then basically John Oliver's come out and like... You want to dance, Bill? <laughs> and just, like, rip shit into him. It's hilarious. Look it up on YouTube. It's funny. Um, I'll, I'll do that. Number I seven, that. 1967. What happened in Tasmania in 1967. Oh, bitch. What did happen in 1967? What? 50th anniversary this year of it. The legalisation of cousins marrying? I don't know. That's still being debated, and sadly it hasn't happened yet. Uh, the black... Tuesday bushfires. There you go. Okay. Yep. Uh, number... I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Yep. yep. Number eight, 1975. What significant famous event happened in this state in 1975? Uh, chicken feed was founded. <laughs> that, that should be on this list, but this website clearly is made by like a 12-year-old who doesn't remember chicken feed. Uh, the Tasman Bridge collapse in uh, 1975. Ooh. I thought that was in the 80s. No, 1975, Joshua. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, number right. nine. Well, you got this one already, 1996. Yes, we know, Port Arthur Massacre. Here's number 10. What happened in 2006? What did happen in 2006? You, you, will, you will know this as soon as I tell you. It involved two That's men. That's not the... Two men. Two men. Well, actually, technically involved three. Sadly, one died in this incident, but... There were two men that became quite well known after this event. Oh, the 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 gold mine up in um yeah the Beaconsfield yeah, yeah. Beaconsfield mine yeah yeah there you go there apparently in the, the movie in the movie it had Kenny the guy who was in the movie Shane Kenny. Jacobson it did indeed yeah yes yes uh, you know what I'm very disappointed it doesn't have on this list 2004 the founding of the Brink uh, like I mean that's pretty significant who the hell has written this list yeah I swear. <laughs> this website shit why do we waste like 20 minutes on this we've gone over 40 <laughs> minutes on this segment Josh this is usually about half of the show length of the Brink podcast but. You know, fuck it. I'm going to be away for seven weeks, so we've just put seven weeks' worth of material in one episode. It's fun. I've enjoyed discovering Tasmania with you, and I look forward to discovering yourself again in seven weeks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ben, I hope you have a safe trip, and I hope you... Yeah, yeah, just just, don't be a dick. Let's move into our next segment. back, of course. we That generally gives it away by the words in that song. Uh, now, last week on the show, we went back to the year 2007 and brought you highlights of the then Australian Prime Minister, John Howard, sort of joining us in studio. So, a uh, similar thing happened in 2008 for the then Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd, sort of, again, joining us in studio. And uh, look, obviously the real Kevin Rudd would go on to appear on our show uh, later on throughout our history. But at this time, it came down to one of us, and I won't say who, see if you can guess it, uh, Josh or myself, uh, maybe pretending to be him. But it was still fun. It was still funny. So let's go back to 2008 and listen to how Kevin Rudd sounded on our show back then. Kevin Rudd, you've got your theme music back again as you wanted. 
Thank you, boys. It's been a great. I've missed you so much. I've missed you too, Kevin. You've you've gotten a bit. You've put on some weight. I know. I know. It's all the sushi. You haven't been eating any of those um, dodgy meat pies again that landed you in hospital the other week, have you? We won't discuss that on air. No, you don't want to discuss that on air. No. So how have you been, Kevin? You've been you've been a busy boy. You've been going to Tokyo. You've been going to Japan. You've you've been going around. You've been talking up about My no passport nukes. is full. I reckon it would be in the ever since you've started being Prime Minister, you've really packed it up, haven't you? Well, what do you think the taxpayers' money's there for? It's to get your uh, passport full, apparently. Yeah, of course. Now, um, you've been going around, as I said, to Japan, you've been going talking up the hybrid cars, as well as no nuclear bombs and all this sort of stuff. When do you have time for having a break, Mr. Rudd? Oh, when you're Prime Minister, you're privy to a lot of little technological whizzes, so I don't have... I don't sleep. Oh, really? That's a bit of a shame. I don't need to sleep. You can tell your eyes are very bloodshot. You're sort of like, I don't need to sleep. Sleep is for the weak. <laughs> okay, Arnold, you sound a bit like that. Now, um, you are going to be doing some stand-up comedy for us very oh, soon. Now, I you will. mentioned this the other week. Where does this come from? I mean, our own John Howard, before he used to sing, do you sort of want to take a leaf out of his book and go, oh, I want to do something funny? No. One thing that the Australian public is not aware of is that when you're elected to Prime Minister, one of the prerequisites is you must have a talent of some sorts. Even though oh. John Howard doesn't really have a talent, he can actually do something that will make him last after his last term. He actually did release his first album in Sweden last week. Um, he wanted to go to a market which was possibly... So he could sort of go quietly, sneak under the radar. I hear his album went to number 37 on the Swedish charts. Out of? Uh, I think out of 37. Oh, well. Not too sure. Can't really confirm mm. that. But um, I believe the other 36 slots were filled by ABBA. So even 30 years after ABBA was big, they still are big in Sweden. What can they you say? Are, they so, are. So your mm. talent is stand-up comedy. Now, it I'm, is. I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, concerned. What was uh, Paul Keating's talent? Oh, we won't go there. We won't go there. Bob Hawke, don't want to share that one either. Bob Hawke, I will gladly say that he could juggle knives with an orange on his nose. Wow, I used to be able to do that, but then I sort of stabbed myself in the eye. That's why I'm blind. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to talent, I say. We learned so much about you, Ben. Thank you, Josh. Oh, there you are. How are you, Josh? I'm good. <laughs> Is it because we've only got the one mic, we have to, like, you know, share. So, so you want to ask something to... I'm really interested to see what this stand-up comedy's like going to be. Like, well, if it's going to be a hit or not, Mr. Prime Minister. Well, thank you, Josh. Blah, 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 blah. It will be great. Don't diss me. Okay, then. <laughs> He's getting a little bit on his chair, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Did, now, um, did you want any music? Do you, are you, you, I've got some if you want it. Swing me some, man. I'll, I'll put you some music. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, t- 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 yes, 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 t- yes. Is it good music? It's it's great music, Kevin. You you okay. we will love it, and you'll be ready to go. So, um, if you're ready for me to go, I can get you to um, start if you if you want. Go for it. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Audience, ben. are you ready? Yes, yes boys, let's do this. I'll cue the music up, Kevin Rudd. It's your time to shine with your comedy, my friend. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be here in uh, sunny Hobart. Oh, it is sunny today, yes. Look, there's only one cloud out of, like, a thousand. Well, oh, you should have seen my cat today. It swallowed a ball of yarn. It had mittens. <laughs> Here's one for you. What did Batman say to Robin before they got in the car? Get in the car. <laughs> he, uh, I, I was talking to this millipede the other day, and he was going, 
And when I was, he was walking, he went, 99, thump, 99, thump, 99, thump. <laughs> he had a wooden leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how E.T. has those big eyes? I, I asked him, what's up with the big eyes? You should have seen his phone bill. <laughs> oh, you don't know me. You don't know me. I'm Prime Minister, y'all. Don't tell me I'm not... Okay, 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 we've crossed a line there, I think. I think they're big E.T. fans, Mr. Prime Minister. It was interesting. I, I laughed. I was laughing in the background. I think the audience all started to like it. Do you know what it's like having spending a day with an angry rabbit? Yes. It was a bad hair day. I think that silence tells <laughs> it all. Whoa, you're getting a warm welcome this what, week. What Kevin. have I done today to deserve this? What have I done? Kevin, Kevin Rudd, how the hell are you? I haven't spoken, spoken I'm, to you in I'm a few fantastic. Weeks. How are you, Ben? You look a bit nervous. I'm not nervous. You look very, very nervous. Shut up. You, you're wearing a singlet top and a pair of bodies. You're looking poor. I'm not poor. You, you're looking very much like a man under a lot of stress at the moment. You're meant to be here to help us in this life. I am here to help you. But I want to get this off the board. You're looking like a man who's, you know, trying to got the weight of a nation on his shoulders. I do have the weight of a nation on my shoulders. I mean, you in the nation makes the weight thousands of tons I heavier. I can't help that. You should understand that. We've got an obesity crisis, Your Honour. I know, and that's half the problem to the economic crisis, because people just buy KFC and eat it. You're the Prime Minister of Australia, Kevin. There should be no such thing as technical issues. I blame it on the Liberal Party. Fair enough, as you do. Uh, how's your week been so far, it's Kevin? It's been interesting. Well, interesting. Define interesting. Why is uh, it being interesting? I've had I've had numerous things happen. I have had Australians caught in India. I've had, I've had an Australian shot in Afghanistan. It's a sad week. I know. But uh, what about you, Kevin? How have you been doing? I had sausages and veggies the other night. It was quite nice. Really? Did yeah. you cook them yourself or was it your chef? No, 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 no. Um, Teresa did. Yes? Yes. Yes. Is she a good cook? Uh, when she wants to be. When, when she wants something. Fair enough. So is it just basically a case of uh, I'm Kevin Rudd, I want to relax, I'm going to put my feet up, Teresa get me some sausages and veggies? <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. We were talking a little bit about uh, what you do in your spare time. Now, yes, 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 yes. some things that are really big in the world of video gaming, Guitar Hero and SingStar. Oh, yes. Now, yes. are you a fan of either or? or I you love got... them both. I like jamming with Obama. Oh, yes. So you could do a bit of online action, do you? That's you... right. That would be very fun. I could see him there on his guitar getting getting funky one, with it. One thing I have got my hands on is that world tour. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. It sort of combines both of them together and you get your drum kit and your microphone. Seems like a very fun idea. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Are you a drummer, a singer, or a, or a guitarist? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a singer. Oh, yes. What, what's your favourite tune to sing, Kevin? <clears throat> very rock god-esque there, Kevin. I think that deserves a round of applause if the audience is... Do you want to give us a bit more of that and see if the audience is awake? <clears throat> okay, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done. What song is that? I want to be in Australia. You want to be in Australia? Well, you are in Australia. It's, it's, it's a little bit like... It, it's a little bit like that. I've just added my own little twist to it. Josh, are your ears ringing right now? <laughs> I'm just sitting here. You're next to the man. Look, I'm just like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know why we thought that actually sounded like him. But hey... It was nine years ago, and what happens in 2008 sort of says in 2008. <laughs>
It is another week where we get to chat to this man. It's Mr. Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to The Brink. Good to be here. Two words for you, Donald Trump. Um, does that still scare you, hearing those words? Uh, I mean, particularly when you put them with the words Presidents of the United States of America. Yeah, that makes all the difference. I mean, Donald Trump on his own is kind of, you know, it, it, however he chooses to live his life, I don't necessarily agree with it or whatever, but um, it's fine. But when he's put in power with, yeah, you know, the leader of the free world, is uh, yeah, it becomes a little bit terrifying. Now, now before we talk about some stuff this week, I've just I've happened to Google Donald Trump just because you know why not? I've, I've so the first thing I've typed I've typed in President of the United States. And of course, comes up you know Google does that thing now where they you know have the little image that pops up. It's like a nice little service there, and you click on yep. his little thing, and it kind of you know brings up the basics. You know the little tagline: the forty fifth President of the United States, his age, his height, his net worth, you know spouse, children, and it's got here quotes right. So these according to Google, are the three most prominent quotes ever said by Donald Trump. This is literally number one. All of oh, the... oh, I was going to guess. Well, okay, Sorry, well, gonna... guess what? What do you think the number one quote, according to Google, is that Donald Trump has ever said? And no, it's not grab her by the pussy. <laughs> oh, oh, that was going to be in there. Let's say... Your fake news? No. <laughs> oh, that's not in there? It's a very... No, it's not. Like, there's actually only one of these is kind of one of these ones that you think you shouldn't be associated. Two of them are kind of like, you know, these, quote, inspirational ones. Um, oh, really? I don't, think you'll, I don't know if you'll get this first one because uh, it's a bit obscure, but it's still very strange. This is their first quote for Donald Trump. It's not lock her up? No. No, it's got to do with women. Okay. Okay, well, you you, you, you tell me what it is. All right. All of the women on The Apprentice flirted with me, consciously or unconsciously. That's to be expected. (laughs) That is literally the most prominent quote from Donald Trump, according to Google. (laughs) Seriously? Yep, yep. The other two, the other two are... Does he mean unconscious as in, like, Bill Crosby? Crosby? (laughs) Maybe. Uh... (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, the other two that they've got here, you know, these are kind of the non-bad ones. What separates the winners from the losers is how a person reacts to each new twist of fate, and sometimes your best investments are the ones you don't make. Uh, <laughs> so cool. Uh, but it's also, it's got here, like, underneath, they have the whole p- people also searched for, right? So there's there's six people here. Who do you assume the six most commonly searched for people alongside Donald Trump are, according to Google? Well, Sean Spicer. Yes, he's in there. Kellyanne Conway. Nope. Oh, no, Kellyanne. Um, and Jared Kushner. Nope, nope. Think, think, um, don't necessarily think his staff members. Think kind of, I guess, um, family, people related to him in terms of what okay. sort of his job so, is uh, and stuff Ivanka like that. Ivanka Trump. Yes, yes, Ivanka's in there. Um, what about, like, Vladimir Putin? Yes, he's number four. <laughs> Number four in there. Um, maybe Obama. Yes, he's actually the first one apparently related. There's, there's, the other two, you'll get the other two here if you think about it. Again, one's family and one's, Eric. I guess, I, I'll give this away straight away, a, a very prominent rival of his. Okay, Eric Trump? No, no, no. Uh, think um, closer to home. Donald Trump Jr.? No. <laughs> oh, Melania. Yes, yes, Melania. Okay. And, uh, and who's, who's Hillary- his key rival? Hillary Clinton? Yes, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, got them all. Yeah, you did, but I love the fact that Putin's in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number four. And number four, yeah. Above Is Ivanka he- and Sean Spicer, so... <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Um, I mean, speaking of Trump, I mean, you know, it's always a fun week in the world of Donald Trump. But uh, yeah, the, the the I words being used, I think, prominently for the first time. It's not just a case of, oh, we wish he would be impeached. There, there's actually seemingly yeah. grounds for him possibly being impeached at the moment. Yeah, well, definitely. I think there's uh, corruption charges probably being drawn up and, and looked into um, with the firing of Comey and then it came out the other day that he actually was asking Comey before he fired him to uh, drop the you know pursuit of the case into um, Michael Flynn, uh, the, the guy who was fired. The, um, he's the national security advisor, wasn't he? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, he was fired for collusion, possible collusion with the Russians. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's pretty interesting. I think that, that's, uh, that sounds like corruption to me if you're trying to, you know, get in there and do a favour for someone who's possibly got, um, I don't know, damning evidence on you. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just interested here in terms of. Um, I'm going to see if I can find this quickly. The, 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 the amount of times, so like hypothetically, you know, I mean, an impeachment process is a lengthy process. It's not like he can get impeached in one night. Um, you know, there will be a bit of time frame around it. But I'd, I'd be intrigued if this actually happens. What the uh, shortest amount of time is? I've actually, I've quickly managed to pull this up. So he's been in office right now. Time of recording this. Obviously, this will be a few more days added to this uh, by the time this episode is released. But 118 days, a very long 118 days he's been in office. Uh, so he currently is the second shortest serving president. Uh, the shortest serving president, here's a trivia question for you. I, I mean, if you get this, you are a very smart man with US presidents. But who do you think the, the shortest serving... I never heard of this guy until like right now. So <laughs> want to have a oh, guess? I... <laughs> I yeah I can't I wouldn't even guess all of the presidents that I'm aware of were, were you know upstanding citizens. I'm just wondering <laughs> no. to see when this guy was president. He was president between 1841 and 1841. He was president for 31 days. Was assassinated? Was he? <laughs> no, well, he died 31 days into his term. It doesn't say. I'm guessing he wasn't assassinated because all the other ones here say he was. Uh, they were assassinated. Let's see here quickly. Death. He became ill with a cold, uh, oh. and obviously in the 1840s, getting a cold isn't a good thing. Uh, his name is William Henry Harrison. There you go. Okay. Uh, the great President Harrison. <laughs> wasn't he? 30, what a 31 days it was. Yeah, it wasn't that Air Force One? No, no, that's a different one. So basically, okay, so Donald Trump, 118 days. So for him to get above the next one, so James Garfield, he was assassinated three months and 28 days. Wow, that's a. That is a that is a sad way to go in, isn't it? Wow. Uh, 199 days for him. And then. After that, you got a bit of a gap to Zachary Taylor, 492 days, died one year. So pretty much all of these presidents who have uh, had these short terms have died, essentially, uh, except for Gerald Ford, who just, you know, served out the rest of Nixon's term before uh, not being re-elected. So, um, and actually, that's the, all the shortest presidents here I'm seeing, the ones who didn't die were all ones who filled in for presidents who died. <laughs> so, um, what are you what are you thinking here? Is that Trump's going to if he gets impeached, it will be the shortest term by a living president who didn't replace another president or got assassinated. That's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. It's going to take a lot for him to be impeached because you've essentially got Republicans dominating Congress and 
you know, the Senate and, and whatnot. So it will take it will basically take something that threatens their positions as well. So if voters get so uh, you know outraged by something um, that's clearly you know, or it breaks the law or something like clearly breaks the law um, that is actually investigated by someone who is not biased towards him, mm. then um, that's going to take something yeah pretty big for him to be impeached. Um, but the fact that it's actually just being thrown around is, I think, is a good thing. Um, the, the term impeachment. So that's good. And and if I'm not mistaken, just reading through this list here, it seems that I'm not mistaken that no president has ever been impeached. I mean, I think Nixon was about to, but he quit. So yeah, well, Clinton, Bill Clinton was pretty. Uh, close. He was he or I, I know he had to face the other. I think was that solved or was he officially impeached? But he did win that though, didn't he? Because he obviously. Yeah, I thought he was impeached, but it was impeached, but it was overturned, or something happened. That yeah, I de- yeah, I remember. I actually, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember that when that was happening. I mean, I was obviously very young, yeah. but um, like that, yeah. I look, there's a there's an interesting one. This is fascinating. It's one thing I have to say is that as a non-American, and both of us here, we we talk a lot about American politics, but it always yeah. does fascinate me the the U.S. president presidential system and just presidents in general. Um, and it's kind of, you know, my one day I got to go to D.C., it was sort of fascinating to see all that kind of stuff. And I was sad that I couldn't get too close to the White House. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting here because, I mean, this obviously with their, you know, they're allowed only, what, serve maximum two terms. Yeah. But um, Franklin Roosevelt here, obviously back before they must have had this policy. Uh, FDA. Yeah, he had three full terms and then died two yeah. months and 23 days into his fourth term. He was president for 4,422 days. Yeah, war during the Second World War. So that's probably why they didn't want to change it up when, uh, you know, he's got all these military tactics and everything going on and all these um, diplomatic kind of ties, that I guess. Is, that is crazy. And you've got a bunch here, obviously, who served their two terms. And, wow, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, just outside of... Uh, Trumpy and the presidents and all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, the time of recording this is only very fresh in our minds. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday, and this has only happened sort of really in the last 12 or so hours. Uh, Chris Cornell uh, sadly passed away. Uh, legendary rocker, audio slave, Soundgarden. I, I best, I will be honest, I best know him from two things. Black Hole Sun, which I think most people who aren't really too much into that side of music will know that song. And obviously, he sang a Bond theme. He did uh, You Know My Name for 2006's Casino Royale, which to me is one of the greatest James Bond themes of all time. But you're a bit more into uh, music, Paul, in terms of, I guess, uh, non-commercial crap that I'm into. So um, <laughs> what, tell us tell us a bit about Chris Cornell, his, sort of, his legacy and, and who he was and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Well, uh, to get... To address your point, I think um, grunge did kind of become pretty commercial in the in the nineties. That was the whole thing. It went from being this, you know, little underground scene to being mainstream. Um, but he was one of the more prominent figures, basically, in the the grunge Seattle kind of scene. Um, alongside Nirvana and Pearl Jam, Soundgarden were probably they made up like that top three kind of biggest bands coming out of there. Um, so his legacy is essentially that he, he's yeah helped to bring, I guess, rock music again back to the rock guitar music back to the the forefront of pop music for a, a little while anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know too much about Audio Slave, but I know Soundgarden were pretty influential. Um, 
And yeah, you mentioned Black Hole Sun. That was probably their biggest hit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know that he uh, he works in, in lots of different projects and things like that. But yeah, it's it's fifty two. It's not very not very old. It's very young. It's very yeah. It's um it's interesting actually. I remember after because I, I remember when he did the Bond theme, I I hadn't really heard of him at that time. So I was like, okay, who's this guy? So I sort of looked him up and didn't necessarily go into his back catalogue, but it wasn't that long after he did the Bond theme in 2006, he released a solo album that I believe he collaborated with Timberland, of all people. Um, and I think it got terrible reviews from what I remember. This is, you know, back when Timberland was the pit bull of the time. He was on everybody's CD. But um, I actually didn't mind some of his stuff. <laughs> That's kind of, I guess, me in my music taste. But, um, I mean, look, listening to that album and hearing some of the stuff, obviously, that he went out with the grunge stuff, vastly different. You know, that would be like if Kurt Cobain all of a sudden started working with Timberland if he was still alive. You know, I could see why it pissed a few people off. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's interesting to see just obviously the reaction to this. Like, and, yeah, sadly, it's it's been reported that it, it, it was suicide. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, obviously very, very sad. Um, and I believe kind of the footage and stuff that's coming out after this, you know, he performed one more concert. I believe he was in Detroit. And um, I think the last song that somebody filmed him doing had very strong ties to, to death. Like, I can't remember what the song was, but, um, you know, very haunting lyrics considering that he obviously then went back to his hotel and sadly killed himself. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit... Um, it's going to be... I feel it's going to be one of these things almost like a... I don't know if it'll have the impact of a Kurt Cobain because he's obviously not quite as young as Kurt Cobain and I don't know is he's influential perhaps, but it's going to be one of these ones that's talked about for a while i feel yeah i think the fact that it's like it was quite premeditated as well that he he was thinking about it when he was in public and then obviously and then going back and done that i think it yeah it's it's a tough one yeah yeah you i think that people think of these artists and whatever as kind of you know above everything and transcendent and when people criticize them or whatever they don't really think about its impact and whatever. And I think that, as you say, with that album doing his last solo album, you know, getting torn to shreds or whatever, I, I think it has an impact on someone's kind of mental health and, mm. and whatever. So. Do you do you have an artist? Because I guess kind of we always have, you know, our favourite artists and favourite bands and that. And generally yeah. a lot of the time in our lifetime, you know, there's always that moment, you know, people say like, you know, where were you when John Lennon died? Or El- I remember my mum used to say about like Elvis. And I guess for me it was Michael Jackson, you know, because, you know, he was my, my favourite. Uh, I mean, do you have a singer like that that A, has either passed away or B, if they did, you would be seriously sad? Well, I was pretty... Um Shaken up when Bowie died. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty sad. Um, so yeah, maybe not as much as a, a friend of ours, Dakota. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> but just I don't know. Bowie always seemed like he was I don't know too good to die kind of thing. Like yeah. it definitely hurt him or something like that. But it, it was strange just to yeah, especially because I, I basically listened to his his last album that he released the day before, and I was thinking. Jeez, you don't get many 69-year-olds making music like this. Mm. It was, um, yeah, I, I thought it was, it was such a good album. And then, yeah, the next day he died. Mm. Um, so that was there. But now, I mean, if someone like Tom York or something died, that would probably be pretty off. Tom York's the lead singer of Radiohead, by the way. Okay, good. Uh, thank you. That's that's definitely for yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that would, be, that would be pretty terrible. I think... When anyone dies, you know, before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or, or even, you know, 
Bowie was 69 and that was still devastating scene. Well, there was a recent one, I think, in the last week or two, uh, which, you know, as a fan of dance music, which a lot of people might not know, and Robert Miles, who, of course, if you know the, the 90s dance song Children, you would know automatically who he is. But um, it's, yeah, that was kind of pretty sad too, because I think he was even younger than Chris Cornell. I think he was only like 38 or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, that was kind of a big one in, in the dance music scene. Uh, he was a great DJ. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's, look... It's a sad part of life. We've all got to die at some point. But um, it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's obviously sad when you kind of hear of these people, particularly when they've got large fan bases. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I remember you used to have this talk, like, you know, when Michael Jackson died, it was kind of like, look, is there ever going to be anyone who's alive at the moment that this anything would be bigger than this? You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I can think of a few that would have a very similar level of mourning on him. Uh, but I don't think there would be very many. I don't know if... I mean... Who do you think would top that? Because that was obviously a very big deal when Michael Jackson died. Who do I think would have the greatest death of all time? Well, well, (laughs) this is a weird conversation. I guess kind of who would... The same outpouring that kind of happened when Michael Jackson died, if you know what I mean. Okay, so someone who would... Who has essentially a larger fan base, more people are emotionally attached to, and it would also be a massive shock if they died. Yeah, like who's alive now, basically, that would have that same level? I mean, look, I guess if Beyonce died, like right now, like, I mean, I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not saying she has the same legacy as Michael Jackson, but I mean, her age and kind of her status in music right now. I mean, you think about that, how that would happen. Um, I would like to think Madonna, but I would honestly not think she would have the same because she obviously has a lot more criticizers than Michael Jackson did, I feel. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird question to ask you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I think that obviously if someone was, you know, died at the peak of their career, then that's probably going to, I would say, yeah, something like Beyonce or someone or, I don't know, Taylor Swift or oh. something like that. Not, not, not that they essentially have the same kind of legacy. Yeah, that it's Michael just, Jackson I guess, had, their status in society at the moment. They're very young as well. Yeah. And that would be... Very big shock. Heaven forbid I mean, if Bieber so, died. I mean, but like, come on, we know how news dominating I mean, that would be. <laughs> not that it would be a good thing, but I think some people would be celebrating. If oh Bieber yeah, died. yeah. But um, um, you know, even yeah, as as terrible as that is, no, I, I'm not saying I would at all. But you would also know that if he died like right now, and by the by the way, if he dies in between us recording this and releasing this, we didn't do it. Um, but, but um, you'd also because generally when obviously one of these artists dies it has a huge influx and people want to go out and listen to their music and then all of a sudden yeah. music uh, critics will be like, oh, how great was the song Baby? You know, Justin Bieber revolutionised, you know what I mean? Like, they always find ways to kind of come into it, you know, and, and talk them yeah. up. Well, well, didn't Thriller go back into the charts? Oh, all of them like? did. All of them did. I I, I, worked, I was at Sanity when that, like, I was on the radio that morning. I had to announce it. I had basically went home and cried my eyes out and then I had to go work at Sanity that night and every customer came in, like, not a word of a lie. Do you have any Michael Jackson? Do you have any Michael Jackson? Do you have any Michael Jackson? Uh, and that was all we had. So uh, we didn't have any left. We sold out clearly, but I mean that's all the questions we had. So yeah, they all went. I think Bowie's all went into the charts last year. Princes, you know. Well, there's a lesson for you if you want to. If you're really dark and not uh, not afraid of the morbid side of things, <laughs> fake your own death. Yeah, well, <laughs> people and think then, that Michael Jackson did do that to help him get out of bankruptcy. So you know. Oh well. <laughs> Uh, Tupac, Shakur did the same. Join Elvis. Same. Elvis, Tupac, and, and Michael Jackson are all just chilling somewhere in rural America. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
know? Imagine that news. Seriously, could you imagine that news story? If that was legitimately true and all of a sudden it was uncovered and he's like this press conference, he's, you know, what, like 78 year old Elvis, you know, what would Tupac be in his 50s or 60s and, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, all his plastic surgeries worn off and he's just back to good old, you know, African-American Michael <laughs> just chilling at <laughs> this press conference. <laughs> How can his face change shape again? I don't know. <laughs> Death does wonders. <laughs> Death does. Uh, yeah, we, we we shouldn't really keep talking about this. Paul, look, uh, it's going to be about seven weeks till I'm back. As uh, as I keep saying to all our regulars on this show, uh, look, we might find time for you while I'm away. We'll do our best. But if not, uh, we'll chat to you in seven weeks. It's always fun. Maybe, hopefully Trump might not be in office by then. Oh, let's hope. Let's hope for that. Yes. Um all right, I'll see you in seven weeks then. One segment that we are very sporadic in doing is uh, one with this man. We, we often revisit our co-hosts on the show and bring them back to the podcast because we have nothing else to talk about. And plus, we like our co-hosts because they were awesome and they're nice and there was a reason why they were co-hosts. I do, of course, this time around speak of the one, the only, Mr. Samuel McRosson. Hello, Sam. Thank you for having me, Ben. It's good to be back on the brink. I like these little segments we do. It is it is fun. It is exciting. We are literally sitting uh, outside a cafe, uh, drinking coffee and having cookies. And uh, that is a damn good cookie. What actually what, is... Wasn't it? it was uh, chocolate chip. Chocolate chop. Chocolate, chocolate chop. Chocolate chop cookie. And a, and a decent decent coffee, too. We just sound like we're advertising for Lazy I mean, look, if Lazy want to sponsor us, please feel free to. Uh, but that's where we are right now. You know, I was a uni student here for, like, a thousand years because it took me forever to graduate. I don't think I ever came here. Like, I was that cheapskate who just waited till I got home to have a coffee. You know, I had no friends to hang out with. I was pretty cheap when I came to, to uni as well. Yeah. It was only until my last year, actually, I actually buy a coffee for morning tea. Right. Yeah. Did you did you go to this campus? Was this you, or were you? Because you I were did, Launceston bound. I did at some three point years there. in Launceston, and I did a couple couple. Um, yeah, in if you had added it all up, probably yeah, two years down here. So how long did it take for you to get your degree slash degrees? Well, the first one three years. Then I did another bit was it, which was a year and a half, and then I did another bit was which was another. Another year, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it took that long. How many degrees do you actually have, Mr. Smart? Three. Oh, oh, oh I have three oh. degrees. Well, do you, you asked. <laughs> do, do you have a favourite out of the three, or are they all like your children? Uh, you know, you love Hazel and Hillary equally, I assume. Uh, <laughs> they are a bit like children. Right. Yeah. What was the hardest to get? Uh, actually, the first one, I'd say. The architecture one. Well, so what are, you, what are your degrees, Mr. Smarty Pants? Are you in architecture? Or what else architecture. Did? Um, which is called environmental design. Yeah, right. Then okay. I did master of environmental planning. Oh, okay. Which is what I do now, town planning. Right. And I did master of environmental management. So you basically are a master at everything. You are the master of the universe. Essentially, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather be a master at other things like um, you know, like football or something. <laughs> AFL. That's Gary Ablett. Uh, oh, yeah. master at driving racing cars. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Mark Michael Schumacher. Uh, There's better other things to be a master of. I, I, I'd like to think I'm a master of podcasting, but that would assume that we have listeners. Um, I mean, look, I've got the stock standard Bachelor of Arts, you know, your, your $2, uh, you know, cheapo uh, degree that you just find at Kmart. Uh, you know, <laughs> took me, uh, what, five years to get a paid job out of that. So, um, you know, it's about my $20,000 piece of paper in a frame, I, you know. 
I'm, uh, you know, I haven't paid a cent of it back. Can I just ah, be honest? <laughs> it's an achievement. <laughs> I literally, like, when I was at the Mercury, I was, like, you know, earning, you know, I got my paycheck every week. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's just coming out of my tax. Fantastic. Mm. I actually realized, somebody pointed out, they looked at my, my pay slip. There was, I wasn't earning enough to, to pay off my, any oh, of my, okay. like, because I would earn a certain amount and then you would see the word hex on your, on your pay slip. So, like, I worked there for, what, 18 months on a full-time wage, a fairly decent salary. I didn't pay a cent off my hex debt. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I currently still owe the Australian government, like, $20,000. So, <laughs> just a word up when I want to move overseas. Mm. <laughs> how, do they, how do they track me down, you know? They don't track you down, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. How, have you paid yours off? That's a personal question to ask you, Sam? Or Yes, have, actually. You, you've paid them off. You've All three of them. All three. Well, we're about to lose the cookie wrapper. Oh, well, that's yeah, well, Your parents, environmental degree just uh, went to waste there. We just littered. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were kind enough to pay for the first couple. Oh, okay. Which was very nice of them. Right. Very generous. I paid for the third one out of my own pocket, so. And I paid it up front, so it's done. That is insane. I, I am sitting here in front of a man who has paid off. Has, hey, let's start. Let's rephrase that. Has earned, has, has, has achieved three degrees. Mm. He's the master in everything. He paid for all of them, and yeah. here I am with the stock standard, you know, vanilla ice cream of degrees, the Bachelor of Arts. <laughs> Haven't paid a cent off it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I kind of feel like a small person right now. <laughs> <laughs> what have you achieved out of your degree, Ben? Ah, oh, worked at a newspaper for 18 months, <laughs> host a podcast too. But you've had life experiences. Have I? Yes. 30 don't have a wife or kids that I know of. You've been places. You've seen things. I, uh, you know, I got to interview Michael Schumacher. Uh, <laughs> so That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take that. You know, um, how, how are the kids? <laughs> this is a fun segment, isn't it, Sam? We're just, we don't know what we're talking about. We're just literally sitting here about to record a qualifying lap available now via iTunes and uh, the do. internet. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, look, you, in all seriousness, you obviously have two wonderful uh, children, two, mm-hmm. two young daughters. Um, uh, Hazel, uh, how old is she now? She's about eight months, is she? Nine months? Very good. Nine months. Nine just ticked over the nine months mark. So, now, now, uh, one, first birthday coming up soon, August. Can you compare her her first year to, to Hillary's in terms of, like, the, the late nights and the, you know, the pooey nappies? Was, is she a better or a worse baby? Well, interesting. Yeah. You do notice little little changes here and there. Hillary was a better sleeper. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Hazel, um, Hillary was also a bit more, you could tell early on, she was quite strong-willed. So, um, yeah, I remember she used to push her hand in my throat and push me away. Didn't want to bar her daddy until she was about three. I didn't get a cuddle from Hillary until she was about three. Wow. <laughs> and... Uh, but Hazel's a little bit more gentle, so okay. uh, I get a bit, a little bit more love from Hazel, which is nice. So you think Hazel's going to be a bit more of a daddy's girl, and is, is Hillary a bit more of a mummy's girl? Potentially. Potentially it works out that way. I still remember one of our trips, um, and we went to the sports museum with Hillary, and I remember you had her calling me Radio Ben, <laughs> and I remember her running up to me at some... I don't know where we... Like, I was... I think you went to look at the great horse racing part or something, and I was in the Olympic section or something like that, and I've turned around, and I hear, Radio Ben, Radio Ben! She goes, like, <laughs> running up to me and, like, hugs my leg, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Well, the reason for that is that she's got an Uncle Ben. Right. And being a two- or three-year-old or whatever she was, I had to um, distinguish that. Okay. And uh, your good self... Mm-hmm. Ben, yes, when it's I me. Used to go around to your house. Mm-hmm. It was usually for purposes of a radio. That is true. Hence the term 
Radio Ben. Radio Ben. I like that. I, I'm I'm Uncle Ben to Link and sort of Averson. She doesn't really do much. She just sits there and <laughs> be a baby. It's a pretty boring baby, if I must be honest. Oh. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not one for babies and children, you know. I mean, look, one day, uh, you know, why not? But, um, yeah, she just kind of sits there. <laughs> There's not a whole lot I can do with my niece. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, no. Um, I think Link moved around a little bit more when he was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> now, apart from my own two children, yeah, I don't get interested in other kids until they're like two. Actually yeah. start doing stuff, get on the move, run around, start yep. talking, interacting with you. Yeah, you can yeah. pick them up and throw them and stuff, you know, <laughs> that stage. Yeah, you can throw them as a baby, just don't let yeah. them see. It's just, ah, oh, shut up. Woo! Like, uh, you know, that, that's another topic. Sam, it's always fun. Thank you for joining us on The Brink. Uh, we've got to do this more often. So, uh, yes, uh, appreciate your time on uh, on the show. Thank you very much. All right, let's get excited, Hobart, Australia, the world, Italy, America, wherever you're listening, because I'm going to press a button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. And you're going to forget some lyrics. Well, well, sort of, at least go back in time to hear a classic one. Uh, 2014 seems to be the year of the episode, and we're going back to that year. We're going to hear myself and Dakota sing to Achy Breaky Heart. It took us a long time to do this song, actually. I was a lot uh, surprised to realise it took us to 2014 to ever do this one. But it was, it was about school, from my, what I gather listening to this, the, the topic at least. Um, it's quite interesting. Anyway, Dakota and myself, Aki Breaky Heart, Get Lyrics, 2014. Went to school today, I had a boring day. I just wanted to go home and work On a model boat that I got for my birthday But there was an hour left to go I looked over at my friend His name was Roger He didn't want to wait any longer I looked at my girlfriend Emma She said to me, no way It's time to wait around at school today Make the time go fast Go really, really fast I don't want to be at school anymore Roger and Emma Want to come home and play That game with Jennifer Lawrence in it Over to you, Sir Dakota Take it home, take it home Half an hour left, I'm doing my work, which I don't usually do at school. But there's a half an hour left, as I said before, but I can't wait any longer. I asked the teacher if I can go to the toilet so I can waste my life. He says yes, so I go to the toilet. Come back, there's still half an hour left. Don't tell me that There's only five minutes left Because it's five minutes of my life wasted Don't tell me that There's five minutes left Because I will blow up Oh! Yeah, I, I actually don't even realise what that subject was. Again, school, that's what I guess it was. But, um, hey, cool, it was great to listen to. 
It is another week of the brink, and it means another week of finding out what is happening in the second largest country in the world. That, of course, is Canada for those dumb bums out there who don't actually know that. I don't even know if our guest knows that. It's Colin Hilding. Hello, Colin. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Did you know that your country was the second largest in the world? Uh, we assume we're the largest, so I would love to know who's largest. <laughs> That's the honest truth. I know I heard a couple of years ago that we were the second largest, but growing up, I always remember saying Canada's the biggest country in the world, but uh, apparently we're not. Th- think about so this. thank you for shattering. Think about this, Colin. There's a very obvious country that is uh, is huge. Uh, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a there's a very angry man who runs it. Well, he's not that angry. I think he's just scary. Um, he the country takes over two continents. There was an Olympics there recently. <laughs> not Uzbekistan, is it? <laughs> oh, the Great Uzbekistan Olympics. Uh, who could forget? Uh, Russia, Colin. Russia. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, welcome to Geography Oz, um, which is not what we're on. We're on the brink. But uh, hockey, uh, (laughs) this is the last time we can basically do this possibly for seven weeks. I mean, I keep saying to all our guests that we'll probably get you on while I'm on the road. I'll be bored. I'm in Hawaii. I want a podcast. Um, You've spent thousands of dollars to travel the world to be bored and talk to people that you were talking to beforehand. (laughs) Exactly. All right. That's my life. Uh, But at the time of recording this, like legitimately right now to date this, Saturday for me, Friday night for you. Now, we are in the midst of the third period of Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Ottawa Senators. Update us on the score here, Colin, because I think we're going to get a live result here, even though it's not live by the time people hear this. Yeah, so it's 3-2 to two right now for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was up 3 nothing earlier. Uh, so Ottawa made a comeback in the third period that I didn't notice because we were too busy uh, looking up stuff on the Emoji movie. <laughs> <laughs> What a movie. Let oh. it be known. Now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks like um, Ottawa just pulled their goalie. And it looks like I'm looking at it. There might be a penalty against Pittsburgh here for having too many men on the ice. Oh, wow. So possible two-man advantage. I don't know. Maybe. This is uh, this is big. I mean, this is taking me back 24 hours when uh, Anaheim were leading all game 2 nothing, And then fucking Nashville get two late goals, including one in the last 30 seconds. Luckily... Obviously, Anaheim took it in in overtime. Game four, it's two all in that one. Again, at least time of recording this. But uh... Can we also mentioned that after I think the first period of Anaheim and Nashville, Anaheim had something like fourteen shots, and Nashville <laughs> had one, one in yes. an entire period. <laughs> yes. And can we also mention our man Subin? He, he got one of the goals for Nashville, and he sort of got the the winning goal because it deflected off his stick into the net from Corey Perry. So in a way, two players I really like got a goal for Anaheim to win the game. So. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Subin. Uh. Uh, I also did want to mention, I talked about this much at the beginning of the playoffs. You know, when my teams lose, I find another team to support. And I like to always at least have a shirt to wear to support, you know, one <laughs> team in here. I was ready to buy an Oilers shirt at the end of the last round. And then they lost. So my only team left is Ottawa Senators. And I have had more than one person look at me in an Ottawa Senators shirt and wonder why I'm wearing it because I'm a Leafs fan. <laughs> so... Um, People aren't too happy with me right now. I don't know if I'm... Ottawa was always my brother's team growing up, so uh, I kind of had to uh, eat some... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> There was there was some shame when I I showed him look at that look what I got I got an Ottawa shirt but made him happy for at least one second. So when you say growing up, has he changed his team now? Has he or? No, I mean he always has rooted for Ottawa. Um, I don't know why they're like the perennial chokers in the playoffs, which. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm sure they'll do in the next 27.6 seconds, but <laughs> <laughs> they're the only Canadians left. I still have to cheer for them. But, uh, look, I, I've, I've quit. I mean, we've gone over this before about why you buy these shirts. But, yeah, I, I can't do it. I could not wear any other clothes from teams that I don't support. And, I mean, I support enough teams anyway, so it's not like I've got a <laughs> you know limited merchandise to choose from. But, yeah, like, if... if Anaheim get knocked out and it's like a Nashville-Ottawa final. I mean, I'm going to go for Ottawa, but I'm not going to go out and buy an Ottawa Senators t-shirt. Yeah, that's why you will never make a great Canadian. <laughs> I apologise enough, I feel, to a lot of people. But um, <laughs> it's, it's So if it's, if it's Anaheim-Pittsburgh, are you just not going to give a shit? Or <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I was talking about this somebody the other day. I, I'm kind of one of those fans that's happy one way or the other you know it doesn't really bother me there'll be teams where i'm like as long as it's not like last year it's like oh anybody but pittsburgh and then when pittsburgh won i found a reason to be happy for them because i was happy for phil kessel until they didn't give him the con Smythe trophy which <laughs> i'm sure will happen again this year um uh, but i mean if i had to rank the teams left i definitely am going for ottawa i'd love to see nashville just because they're new mm-hmm. uh but i would be happy with anaheim still and I would find a reason to be happy for Pittsburgh. Um, uh, it would be more more of a struggle to be happy for Pittsburgh, you know, two years in a row. But I'm not going to be upset one way or the other. You know, if it's the Stanley Cup Finals and it's, you know, Anaheim and Pittsburgh, then I'm still watching it every single night. I'm not going to go out and buy a Pittsburgh or Anaheim <laughs> shirt, though. You'll buy an Anaheim one, though. Come on. You'll have to do that, surely. For me. <laughs> You can borrow me one of your six. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, look, it's it's yeah, it's kind of. I think it's it's been good though, hasn't it? The fact that these series are obviously been very close. I mean, sort of, we will find out in a minute if it's going to be two all in the east as well as it is in obviously in the west at the time of recording this. So, uh, I mean, that's from a neutral observer. What most people want, of course, is to have at least nice close games. I mean, even if it's three mm-hmm. one and Ottawa, you know, walks away with that lead. I mean it's still going to only be decided by a goal. And it's basically, that's all the Anaheim-Nashville ones, obviously with the exception of what was a game three, game two, but that was an empty net goal at the end. So it really was a one-game, one-goal game as well. So it's good to have these close ones nonetheless. Yeah, and I've had way too many games during these playoffs where I go to bed early because I'm like, oh, they got a 4 nothing lead. You know, <laughs> this isn't going away. And then it's completely turned around. I wake up in the morning and see what happens. So... Uh, I'm staying up a little bit later now. Uh, as I saw, Ottawa choked as predicted. But, so, so Pittsburgh's won? Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh did win, but it was still a fun game. Um, I did want to comment a little bit on Hockey Night in Canada, which is like the <laughs> highest rated program in the history of this country. You're talking about my girlfriends? Uh, which, your girlfriends, yeah. <laughs> um, just to give a bit of context, Hockey Night in Canada has been on, I don't know, forever, uh, as long as I've been alive. And um, the the host they have, Ron McLean, he's very respectable, you know, s- traditional sportscaster. And my one-year-old, who's obsessed with Don Cherry, who's like a color commentator, he used to be a coach in the NHL, extremely colorful guy. He was voted as one of the greatest Canadians of all time. Probably, I would argue, the most famous celebrity in this entire country. And he has a five-minute segment once a week on TV. But they made some changes to Hockey Night in Canada a few years ago where they wanted to gear towards a younger audience. And they got this guy who some people, even outside of Canada, will be familiar with named George Strombolopoulos. Oh, the, Very long you're, you're basically Letterman, right? Yeah, he had, he had a talk show here. He was a little bit more like news um, and political John in his talk show. John type of person. John Stewart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he had like a very brief CNN show that was canceled. But they got him as the host last year. And they geared towards this younger audience. And people just, they hated it. 
So after one year, they replaced it. They went back to Ron McLean, the traditional, you know, guy in the blazer, uh, in the tie, talking to Don Cherry, this 80-year-old former coach. Uh, and I thought, well, they're back to this. They're ditching this whole youth thing. And then I come home last night after the game, and I'm seeing Ron McLean, our most respected sportscaster, talking to two, I don't know, 20, 21-year-old blondes. <laughs> And I instantly sent you a, I sent you a picture of it <laughs> yes. because I knew you'd appreciate them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the entire reason they were on there is a little bit shocking because they, basically what they did, they're interviewing them like they're these heroes. They're like, you know, you've exploded all over the news and everybody in the country knows your name now. And basically the one girl's a waitress. And there's this video on the Internet of Ottawa uh, when they were in Pittsburgh. So it was just, I guess, you know, a, a, a bar or a club or something like that that was showing the Ottawa game and this guy freaks out when Ottawa scores and basically like smacks this waitress <laughs> and she somehow stumbles, but manages to not spill the drink in her hand. And this one video exploded on the internet. So they gave them like a five minute segment interviewing them on hockey night in Canada. And I could just see Ron McLean, you know, it's like, Oh, I, I said last week when we showed this clip, we have to get these girls on the show. And if you listen to the interview, it's just the most hilarious thing in the world because he's talking. It was like, you know, you're majoring in communications right now. It's like, yeah, I find it like really interesting, <laughs> you know, being able to talk to people and hear them on TV. Like the ditziest girl you could imagine. It's just it's it's so much shame right now that uh, our traditional hockey show is, you know, giving viral clips of waitresses. But like you saw the picture, like oh yeah, there's a market for that out there. Did I see the picture? That's my wallpaper on my yeah. phone. Uh- <laughs> So I will say the wallpaper on my phone is the Anaheim Ducks logo, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> They're in a folder yeah. somewhere in yeah. your folder. <laughs> in the wank bank. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> is that a Canadian thing? Do you guys say that, use that term in Canada, or is that an Australian thing? <laughs> I've never heard of it before. <laughs> well, use it now. You're welcome, Canada. The wank bank. Um, <laughs> Jamie knows about the wank bank. She goes to, like, minhunks.com or whatever we are going to be here... Yeah, next week, Ron McLean is going to be on Hockey Night in Canada talking about how Wank Bank has just exploded across this country. Well, it's probably in a different context if the Wank Bank exploded, but we won't get into that. Um, but I mean, I'm corrupting poor little innocent Colin here. Um, but I just It's interesting, sort of, if Pittsburgh wins, they'll be back-to-back uh, Stanley Cup champions. I'm just looking here. That hasn't happened since 1997-1998 when the Detroit Red Wings... Um, yeah. did it, but it, it's still, it's not like we haven't had teams, I guess, do well in a short period of time. I mean, if we go from 2009 to 2016, only three teams have won the stand, four teams, if we put Boston in there, but it's only Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Los Angeles. So it's kind of, it's gone Pittsburgh, yeah. Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles, Chicago, Los Angeles, Chicago, Pittsburgh. So it's kind of, it's almost like an AFL scenario, I feel, where it's like, it seems like it's spread out, but... The teams actually, uh, the same teams are winning in basically this, you know, last decade, essentially. I mean, I remember growing up, it was normal. It almost was like a prerequisite. If you won the Stanley Cup, you're probably winning it next year. I remember when Pittsburgh won it two back-to-back years uh, when I was a kid. And I remember the New York Rangers doing it right after that. Like, I think literally the very next year. But after that, it kind of was mixed up a little bit. But it, it always, you go through these stages. It was the same thing like in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was like New Jersey, Detroit, Colorado, and it was just those teams, you know, flip-flopping back and forth. So I'm kind of waiting for a new team. That's one of the reasons why I'm leaning a little bit more towards Nashville. Look, I wouldn't be disappointed with the Nashville win. I know, obviously, I want Anaheim to beat them, but if Nashville do make it, I look, I 
obviously went and saw a game in Nashville. I experienced their sort of their culture there and just they're rabid fans. Like they love it there. Um, and I, I hear a lot of people say like, well, Nashville, they don't give a shit. But from my experience in Nashville, they, they loved their hockey. And yeah, I, I'm kind of with you when you said about the fact they're a newer team as well. What they're only been around for less than 20 years, um, early 2000s. Did they come into yeah. this or? Yeah, like maybe 15 years or something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, you're telling me you're not going to hold a grudge the way you held a grudge against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, that's, for winning? Di- that's different, Colin. Go back and watch Game 6. It was a goal. Calgary <laughs> won that, all right? Uh, fuck the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but, <laughs> and plus, I found a way to be happy for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're one of my favourite teams to this day. They're from... Like, nobody deserves to win a Stanley Cup in Florida. I mean, look, I can barely excuse Anaheim in California winning it. Like, I mean, come on. I Florida? I before... All of our senior citizens retire to Arizona or Florida, so it's acceptable that they have hockey teams there. It's, uh, look, I don't know. Don't get me started on Florida. Uh, but They're as bad as the French. Hey, look, believe me, I'll tell you the story. You'll see why I can lump them in the same category. But uh, <laughs> this is this is not Ben's personal life right now, guys. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's I, I'm, I'm loving watching these, though. And, I mean, I'm so invested in it, obviously, because Anaheim's in it, but... I, I'm trying to obviously pay close, close attention to Ottawa and Pittsburgh. And, look, for selfish reasons, as you know, I would like at least one of Anaheim or Pittsburgh to make it because I will be in well, I'll be in Pittsburgh and very close to Anaheim in the next few weeks. So it would be nice to be in a city where the Stanley Cup finals are on. So even if I can't afford a ticket into the game to just hang outside the stadium or something, because, like you know, that's to me, that would be an experience in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for you to attend a Stanley Cup final before I do, I, I will have to sacrifice my Canadian citizenship. <laughs> I yes. That's kind of as much of a shame as ditzy waitresses <laughs> making it on Hockey Night in Canada. I mean, like, in all seriousness, though, like, I mean, you know, Winnipeg aren't making a Stanley Cup final this decade, but, like, I mean, <laughs> would you would you go to a game, even if it's, you know, I mean, that's a stupid question. I'm guessing you would. Of course you would. Oh, anywhere. I, I wouldn't care. I mean, if, if it was... Uh, I don't know. What's the worst team in the league? The Winnipeg Jets? Uh, that's, that's, I guess, easy. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't matter. If it was like the 1990s Detroit Red Wings, you know, probably my least favorite team. Uh, if I had the opportunity to go, I would go. Like, there's no question about it. Well, that's, I guess, you know, similar here in Australia. Obviously, I got to go to an AFL Grand Final last year. I mean, Carlton were nowhere near making it. But, I mean, I'm still going to go because it's just, it's that atmosphere. I mean, I'd go to a Super Bowl. Why not? I'm not a huge NFL fan. But, I mean, you want to experience that, don't you? So, it's it's... I don't know. Do you want to experience the Super Bowl, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched one this year for the first <laughs> time in 20 years, so <laughs> I'm up for it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, now, look, before we go, um, I think you Googled Canadian news. Anything exciting happening? Any geese roaming free this week? Or um, <laughs> I don't know. The top uh, line is Trudeau to ask Pope to apologize over residential schools. Oh, how Canadian. Halifax police rescue dogs from sweltering car uh and volunteer delivers meals to seniors by bike despite <laughs> visual impairment so i mean a blind man i don't even need to read the story a blind man delivers meals on wheels to senior citizens on a bike so i think that's the winner of the week no, i just look that is the most quintessentially canadian headlines ever that would be like if you went to an australian news website and it was like crocodile kills man spider bites snake and Hugh Jackman is awesome. Like, that is basically what that would be. Like, you've got something about your Prime Minister apologising, volunteering at old people, and I can't even remember what the other one was. But that doesn't matter. Like, two out of three, just win it for Canada. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is Canadian. All of our blind people are riding bikes and delivering <laughs> meals on wheels. That's that's the only way we allow them to stay in the country. <laughs> yes, Colin, it's it's always fun. I hope we can do something in the next seven weeks. I mean, I'll be closer to you than I will be to the other bunch that we get on the show. So um, it probably will be a lot easier for you and I to do a brink one here or there. But uh, in the meantime, keep Canada safe, keep apologising and look out for those uh, homeless, blind, mules on wheels people and geese, apparently. <laughs> And call me from the Stanley Cup Finals in Nashville. Well, that wraps up episode 26 for, uh, well, I was going to say another week, but just the brink for another week. Episode 26 is wrapped up forever. We will never do episode 26 again because this is the 26th episode. Anyway, um, basically that wraps up this episode of The Brink. And uh, this is our last episode in Australian soil for at least seven weeks, people. Uh, Of course, I'll be hitting the road uh, tomorrow. So uh, we will uh, be bringing you content from the USA and Canada and uh, hoping to bring you plenty of content along the way. We might have some bonus episodes, might not just be once a week. We might feel the need to bring you some extra ones. So stay tuned for that, of course. Um, I, just before I do the general wrap-up and telling you where to listen to and all that sort of stuff, just a special thanks out there to everybody who donated to, uh, of course, the Reality for Diabetes campaign that we've tagged in the last few weeks, raising funds for JDRF and juvenile diabetes. We did reach our goal, so thank you so much for those who did contribute to that and um, if you do follow of course us on Facebook which I'll get to now uh, we'll post uh, some videos and stuff along the way also on the Oz Network if you want to survive a fan and see some stuff uh, there that you want to keep an eye on uh, that's just search for the Oz Network one of our sister shows but of course like us on Facebook search for the Brink Radio Show we're on Twitter as well YouTube uh, we do post these episodes up on YouTube big hello if you are listening to this on YouTube and uh, easiest way of course subscribe to this on iTunes uh, just click the subscribe button you can rate us you can leave us feedback while you're there we appreciate all the comments we are also of course on uh, Stitcher Uh, if you're an Android user, not just, of course, uh, for those Apple users out there. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening wherever you are. Italy, America, Australia, the works. Just uh, thank you for tuning in and keeping us company and making the brink tick along. Uh, Always a special shout-out to Wooshka, our podcast server. Again, if you want to make a podcast, go to wooshka.com. They're a great website and uh, definitely worth uh, your time and effort for putting podcasts up. They are certainly fantastic. I'm not paid to say that. I just want to say that. If they want to pay us to say that, I will. So, but... That's just an endorsement from myself. Thank you for your company today. Thank you to all of our guests. It's been a very busy, long show for you. But we'll speak to you next week from the US of A. Until then, thank you for tuning into the brink. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and a good night. Good night.